0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good
1: morning on this Tuesday, January 31st. You're listening to WNBF. On Monday, Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar announced an increase in visitation hours at the Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility. In a press release, Sheriff Akshar announced that visitation hours had been doubled from 15 hours per week to 30 hours per week, effective immediately. The Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility will have visitation hours on Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Additionally, visitors will no longer be required to make an appointment for visitation, so visitors will now have more flexibility in going to see loved ones at the Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility. Sheriff Akshar stated, One of the issues I heard repeatedly from community members before I became Broome County Sheriff was the lack of access for families to visit their loved ones who found themselves incarcerated. Our entire team at the Broome County Sheriff's Office is committed to reducing recidivism through the responsible reentry and expanded visitation, is just the first of many changes we're making to help better ensure that incarcerated individuals have the services and support they need on the inside to help better prepare them to reenter society and not reoffend on the outside. The press release also indicated that Sheriff Akshar intends to further expand visitation, as well as expanding programs and services to help incarcerated individuals best prepare to reenter the outside world. A long-standing Endicott restaurant closed its doors for the last time on Sunday, January 29th. For 52 years, Nina and Jerry Drossos owned and operated the Acropolis Restaurant, which was located on Washington Avenue in Endicott, but the pair decided that the time had come to retire. The Acropolis restaurant operated in the space that once housed Louise's Drugstore. The closing of the Acropolis restaurant comes on the heels of a handful of other southern-tier food-related closings and restructurings. On January 15th, McDonald's abruptly closed its location on East Main Street in Endwell. The closed McDonald's was located directly across the street from a Burger King, and an employee told Townsquare Square Media that since McDonald's closed, Burger King has seen an uptick in business. On Monday, January 16th, Lupo's SNS char pit on West State Street in Binghamton closed its doors with no advance notice in early January, with co-owner Steve Lupo telling Townsquare media that he and his brother were contemplating whether or not to focus all of their attention on their meat processing business, which is located in Endicott. On January 20th, Curries of India on Court Street in Binghamton closed its doors after operating for almost 35 years, indicating that the reason was related to retirement. And finally, Badalini Bakery at 111 Oak Hill Avenue announced on Friday, January 27th, that it had stopped all walk-up service at its shop, but will continue to supply to local grocery stores. The walk-up service has been halted due to a struggle in finding people to work. In Broome County Court, Dylan Thomas, age 31, of Binghamton, was sentenced to two to four years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Thomas admitted that on January 13th, he injured a 39-year-old female by cutting her hand with a knife during a domestic incident at the Econo Lodge in the town of Dickinson. Thomas has a prior felony conviction in 2016 for attempted burglary in Broome County. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said the Broome County DA's office, Special Victims Bureau, continues to fight for victims of domestic violence. Many cases continue to go unreported. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, help is available. Contact your local police, the district attorney's office, or the Crime Victims Assistance Center. Multiple news reports say Manhattan Manhattan prosecutors have convened a new grand jury to hear evidence in a probe of payments made to keep two women quiet about alleged affairs with former President Donald Trump. The reports cite unnamed sources familiar with the proceedings. A spokesperson for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg declined to comment Monday. In a post to his Truth Social platform, Trump blasted Bragg as the radical left Manhattan DA and said the new grand jury was a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Trump has denied having affairs with either woman. President Joe Biden has informed Congress that he will end the twin national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th as most of the world has returned closer to normalcy nearly three years after they were first declared. The move to end the national emergency and public health emergency declarations will formally restructure the federal coronavirus response to treat the virus as an endemic threat to public health that can be managed through agencies' normal authorities. It comes as lawmakers have already ended elements of their emergencies that kept millions of Americans insured during the pandemic. Memphis police say two more officers involved in the arrest, beating, and death of Tyree Nichols have been disciplined. Five Memphis officers had already been fired and charged in the January 7th arrest of Nichols, who was black. Police said Monday that Officer Preston Hemphill was relieved of duty shortly after Nichols' January 7th arrest. The department said later that another officer has been relieved of duty. In total, seven officers have been disciplined for the arrest of Nichols, who died on January 10th. Also Monday, two Memphis Fire Department emergency medical workers and a lieutenant were fired in connection with the case. President Joe Biden, a daily rail commuter during his years in the Senate, has visited an aging Baltimore tunnel It's slated to be replaced with help from the bipartisan infrastructure legislation he signed in 2021. The Baltimore and Potomac Tunnel Project would eliminate a bottleneck that delays commuters and travelers up and down the East Coast. It's estimated to cost $4 billion and take a decade to finish. It's the first of two rail-related stops this week for Biden, who will visit New York on Tuesday, where another new tunnel is planned, this one under the Hudson River. And two monkeys were missing Monday from the Dallas Zoo in the latest in a string of suspicious incidents, including the death of an endangered vulture that police are investigating, Police said they believe someone intentionally cut an opening in an enclosure and took two emperor tamarind monkeys. The incident comes after the zoo was closed for a day-long search on January 13th when a clouded leopard named Nova went missing. She was eventually found near her habitat, but police said a cutting tool had been used to cut her enclosure. On January 21st, an endangered vulture named Pin was found dead, and officials say the death did not appear, appear natural. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of snow showers between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a high near 27 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tonight, a slight chance of light snow between midnight and 3 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 17 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 27. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, a low near 18. And Thursday, partly sunny with a high near 35. Thursday night, chance of snow showers after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 12 degrees and blustery conditions, 50% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station. 9.15
1: on WMBF. If you're expecting Bob Joseph, you're not getting him today. You're stuck with me, James Kelly. I'm going to be filling in for Bob until he's back. Not sure when that will be. So maybe all week. Who knows? And we'll start today's program going to Dale from Binghamton. How you doing, Dale?
2: How you doing,
1: James? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Cold morning. Extra work on my plate today.
2: Yeah, it looks cold out there I haven't been outside yet I'm waiting for the snow, to, the ice to melt all the way
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know what happened to me this morning Was I, I'm pretty good at getting ice and snow off my car I've developed my own little system Because it's, I, I mean, I'm leaving the house at 4 o'clock in the morning Like it's still freezing yeah. outside And there's always snow And, you know, there's you no the, Yeah, the parking sure. lot's never plowed But this morning, just the, the combination of snow and ice It took me like a full 10 minutes to clear my car off just that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, no no it wasn't that bad. I don't have that's that big bad. a car. Uh, and I am always in a rush because I'm even though I wake up at three forty five AM, I'm somehow always running late.
2: Yeah. I jumped in my pickup and I started up first thing and turn on the turn on the frost and I jump back out and, and then pull the windshield wipers up and all that and then just wipe it down with my arm across the hood, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I always it's use the remote starter on the car. And I, I know it's it's not good, like you're not supposed to leave your car idling in the morning like that. But I mean, what, no. what else am I supposed to do when it's like 10 degrees outside?
2: Yeah, so we got to that situation. As long as you don't do it all the time, I imagine it doesn't hurt too much, you know. Yeah. But, uh,
1: so what do So what do you got for us today? What's our opening topic? Uh well, the,
2: the, they stretch the cables from the top of the ridge. You know, I'm looking out the window here, and uh, the top of the ridge of that mountain and came all the way down and up up under the top of the building that I live in, you know, at 100-inch that angle, it came that far, and, and they had these cages on there, and there were people in them, you know, and they were pulling the, these nets in and everything, you know, helping them up and stuff. They're like 60-feet-long nets and stuff. In midair, you know
1: that's crazy i couldn't I've never seen that. that before,
2: oh man it's something you know and I can see it from from the mountaintop all the way over to here when they get get to the to those building here I'm on the eighth floor so
1: yeah so that's, that's like some scene. biblical stuff uh plague of oh, locusts oh yeah they're they're
2: big uh oh not, um um Flashing bugs, you know, or <laughs> I can't remember the name of them right now. You know, the ones you catch at night and everything, but they're gigantic. And I guess they feed them to the chickens and everything, but they had thousands of nests up there. and They must have had millions of bugs and birds in there, too. You know, the hawks were in, in the nests. And... and you know, a few other starlings and stuff like that, you know, long-range birds, mostly. They uh, have a way of letting them out, you know, and shaking them out before they get to their destination on the ground. So I was watching them do that. They, got, they get them up over over my head here, and then they'll open up a part of the bag and then shake it out until, you know, the birds fly out there. Then they close the bag back up to save the bugs, you know, stuff like that. But this guy's right in that cage and everything, <laughs> maneuvering that and she's out there in the wind and
1: everything. Oh yeah, that that sounds like uh like a personal nightmare for me. Just being oh, sorry. Like boy, I hate I hate he's... little little bugs like that. Like little oh, tiny yeah. little things. They, they creep me out.
2: <laughs> yeah, these aren't little like little like yeah. bugs, Even worse. Even worse like, four times as big, you know.
1: Yeah, so yeah, like sometimes you get those big bumblebees swarming around you, and you know, like a bumblebee, you're not going to get oh, stung by yeah. a bumblebee. But also, no, like, give sure me some won't. space here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yellow that and ground bees. You run over ground bees with a lawnmower, for your ass is <laughs> show. Oh yeah,
3: oh yeah, <laughs> oh
2: boy. But yeah, they got the one of the pages wrapped up in that tower. You know, the um, telegraph tower that's out here, the old one.
1: I don't it's, know where that is.
2: Okay, it's right by the uh, the Lackawanna Railroad Station.
1: Okay, okay. I have a, I have a better idea of where that is it now.
2: There. It's just an old stand. It's, there's only two of them left in the United States, and they're both in New York. That's why they don't want to take it down.
1: So, they're historical landmarks. Yep.
2: They used it a long time ago for you know talking to the trains on, on, the, on the track. So... Yeah, they, they got it all, that all fixed up again and everything. It's kind of exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's something to watch. It's something interesting. It's something to see. Yeah.
2: Be close right up there, too, and see them on the, you know, open the cages and stuff and say, wow, you know. And there's like millions of bugs in each one of them cages, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Now, is well, this is this like a yearly thing that this happens, or because it sounds like sure they were prepared they, for it? Because
2: uh, I know some of the bugs only come up once every seven years to to like mate and everything, but some other ones come up every year. But I'm not sure. Maybe maybe a bug person will know that because I'm not too much on bugs except for when you hit my windshield.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are those are the ones that I'm familiar with too. Oh, boy. <laughs> Especially because I'm, I'm out of wiper fluid. I've been out of wiper fluid for, like, weeks, weeks. Really, oh, no excuse yeah. to still be out of it at this point. But I just haven't gone yeah. to get more. And I, I, now yeah. I keep stopping at gas stations to, like, scrub off the front of my car. Because I'm like, well, I, I can't clean it with the windshield wipers. No. So, yeah, that's on me, though. Gotta i got to get that done it. one of these days. Yep, no. Maybe yep. not this no. week. It's it's yeah, you, tough to
2: fit into the schedule. squeegee brush first up until say Some of that wiper
1: yeah 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 i got to do that more often like when i know i have wiper fluid i stop at the gas station but like, yeah. you know what just take a second squeegee it off yep. make life easier yeah, for yourself that's my life years, motto
2: years, coast to coast so i know all about all about it bugs and stuff
1: oh yeah oh yeah well dale so, thanks for calling in yep have a good day you too wow bugs everywhere everywhere we go now to Beverly from the town of Dickinson. how you doing Beverly?
4: Oh, I'm doing better i um I called to talk about their taking our walk for away,
1: yeah, we talked about it a little bit before. I know you were expecting Bob. it's a uh, no Bob today. you're stuck with me,
4: yeah, but you know then like I said before, it's been up there a long time, and you know, you know they uh. Now we have now we have to walk up to the up to McDonald's and go down that ass that they made that gateway path that they made.
1: Yeah, so. and that's one of my big things, especially coming from city planning. Uh, and most people probably don't know this, but my undergraduate degree was in city planning. So making cities walkable, like the Binghamton area, I, I want it to be just. I want you to be able to walk everywhere and get what you need. It just makes life so much easier.
4: Yeah, you know, but it's going to make it—it's going to make it harder because a lot of pe- a lot of people use that bridge, you know, like they walk over to Shenango Street or they walk over to Hudsongo Park. Now yeah. they got to go up and all the way around.
1: Yeah, I wonder if if maybe there was something structurally wrong with the bridge because it, I mean, well, a, a pedestrian bridge well, over the street—that's well, that doesn't bother um, anybody.
4: It's a, uh, the, 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 concrete is splitting and of course the, the truck drivers, they come under there with, with those tall, um, uh, chimneys on their truck and stuff, you know? Oh yeah. And, you know, and they scrape the bridge, you know, so the, 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 the state, uh, Repaired it, repaired it, you know, out of kindness. But now it's going to be taken down. Yeah,
1: well, I hope they put something else up there. Because, yeah, and those pedestrian uh, walkways I, over I, major I, roads I, like I, that; I, those are so safe.
4: I don't, I don't know whether they will, well or, well or not. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that it's been taken down because, you know, uh, he. People, people, people that live in the terrace there—if they want to go over to the Speedy Fest, all they got to do is come down a little ways and walk across the walk bridge. But now you got to go up well, all the way up to McDonald's.
1: Yeah, there's an added benefit right there—you that can just stroll right on into Speedy Fest. Just walk right over the bridge.
4: Yeah, well. It's kind of sad. I got a letter in the mail yesterday about it, and I thought I I'd pass it on. It's kind of sad, but I don't think they'll ever build another one.
1: Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head when it's getting taken down?
4: Uh, I'm probably between. I'm going to say between now and the summer. Okay, that's uh, a little spring be construction at night. Uh, they're going to be work. They're going to be working at night from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m.
1: Wow! Oh, I hope it's not so, too loud. I don't know
4: how long it will take it down. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they can get it down quick. Building things is very tough, but you know, just taking them down, well, it's easy.
4: Yeah. Well, it's sad because it's been up there a how long time.
1: Yeah, uh, and it, and know, it's convenient. It's convenient for people. It might not be safe anymore, or maybe, you know, it's just in such disrepair that it has to get yeah, taken well, down. Yeah,
4: I, I, uh, well, uh, they closed the one facing um, in uh, Ox- Ox- Oxeningo Park. They closed the bridge down there, but they had the one open on the old front street. It's still open. Why don't they close both ends?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
4: I don't know either.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll have to know. see how that unfolds.
4: I don't know. I th- I don't know, I say between now and, and summer.
1: Yeah, I, I I can see that. It seems like a spring project, nice and quick, and you know maybe over the summer we make room for something else to go there.
4: Yeah. Well, well, that used to be that used to be Bennett's Field at one time they had those, those those small planes that landed there. Mhm. That I, used to be in, uh, oh, oh, what are the little little planes?
1: I yeah, like them. the little one passenger planes, or you're just going up by yeah, yourself. The
4: one or two passenger. Yeah. Yeah. That those those be scare me.
1: Skills. I'm scared of those tiny little planes. At least with like a a it big 737, one. you feel pretty comfortable. And Like, all right, they do this all the time. Like, obviously, this plane works because it's been working every yeah, day. Well, those little planes, though, they make me nervous. Right
4: mail. It's kind of sad, though.
1: Yeah, I agree.
4: It's kind of sad. So when's our buddy coming back?
1: You know, I actually don't know the answer to that. He's a little under the weather right now, so we're going to wait until Bob um, Joseph is feeling better, and I'm going to hold down the fort for him as best I can.
4: Oh, well, I hope he'll be okay.
1: (laughs) I I think he's going to be fine. He's probably listening right now and just wishing that he could be back to talk about the walking bridge. I'm sure he'd have plenty of thoughts on it.
4: uh, My oldest daughter had the COVID, and she was sick for about four weeks.
1: Oh yeah, the last time I got COVID,
4: you got the shot too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all vaxxed up too. And the the last time I got it, it, it knocked me on my rear end for a good two or three days. It
4: did because I got the Moderna. I did, I all I did is sleep all the time.
3: Yeah, that's, all and that's I hard. To
4: sleep and and uh, I'd eat I'd eat and then uh I get so weak that I I have to come in at that time i had a hospital bed but i don't have it no more you know but i uh, i was so tired
1: yeah no that i remember when i got the vaccine i specifically planned it out the first one to like okay i'm gonna have two days off after this i'm not gonna do anything we're gonna be all good and I unfortunately couldn't do that with the subsequent two, just the way my schedule shake yeah. out because you got to take them on a schedule yeah. But it was it was rough the first time, and then uh, actually getting COVID well,
4: was even rougher. The first I got was a disaster, but the second the second one was uh, I was watching watching very closely. But the second one I, I didn't have no problem. The first one I did, but not the you know, but the, the second one I did
1: Yeah, I actually uh, the first time I got COVID, it was before it was before people really knew what covid was because i was living in new york city at the time and i i my mom and i both got sick in february for a few days and when they told us what it was obviously we didn't know what a big deal covid 19 was so they just said you're gonna be fine in a few days you know just rest hydrate all that stuff and then there we are two months later and everything's getting shut down and my mom and i are looking at each other like oh, i'm almost positive this is what they told us we had right so that that was yeah, a really well, rough one too. And this one uh I, I think it was in October. I had to actually take a few days off from work. And I just couldn't come in.
4: Yeah, well I I was sick for about a month. I just, oh. I just couldn't get my energy back.
1: Yeah. No, and, that uh, that'll happen.
4: Finally I, I, I wound up in the hospital and they said that that's what I that I had uh that I had it. Of course, I was there five days, you know, but they said that, you know, that it was from the, I had a reaction from the shot.
1: Oh, that's not good.
4: So that's not anyway. great.
1: Yeah. Well, Beverly, thanks for calling in today.
4: Yeah, well, I uh, I don't know whether Supervisor Maranacho will know anything about it. I, I don't know. I, I know that everyone's probably got one.
1: Oh, yeah. I bet, I bet if Bob's listening right he's now, he's already of... crafting an email to find out. Yeah.
4: All right. Well, have a good day.
1: You too. It's 931. You're listening to WMBF. WNBF.
3: 934
1: on WMBF. We've got Larry from Kirkwood. How you doing, Larry?
5: Well, I heard the beef, so I guess that means him up. (laughs) Yep, that's you. It's all you. I'm I'm good, sir. Uh, Listen, uh, I can't begin to tell you how happy I am that you're manning the radio here. I've I've been longing to hear you just taking over the radio for a little while. I mean, you know, granted, I I don't like the fact that Bob's not feeling well right now. And I hope it gets better, Craig. But we'll enjoy having you while we got you. So, yeah,
1: you know, I like doing it. I like it a lot. It's just, you know, sometimes when Bob can't come in, if he's got a planned vacation or something or he calls in sick, you know, there's a lot of other stuff i got to do behind the scenes to keep the radio station on the air. But I I do like this week I'm able to kind of settle in for six hours yeah. and, and get to talking to people again.
5: Mm, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, I get lonely on my show. Let me ask you, you must miss see, uh, having Kathy there with you. Oh, I mean, so I much. Did. I, saw, I sure miss hearing her on the
1: radio Oh yeah, she I, she made my life so much easier in the morning And it is, you know, I, I gotta wake up even earlier now To come in, find <laughs> news, all that stuff There was just a lot of stuff that Kathy did behind the scenes To make the radio run smoother yeah. Now I gotta do it on my own It's it's yeah. uh, it's a time-consuming job
5: Yeah Do you know she retired, or what did she do?
1: Uh, she's no longer with the company That's all oh. I can say about that
5: Okay Yeah, I I have to honestly say, it makes me a little sad. I mean, I love hearing Kathy in the morning.
1: Yeah, it bums me out, too, because my my favorite part of my show was that, you know, five-minute window around the half-hour mark where Kathy and I would just get to chit-chat about whatever we wanted to talk about. And that was, you know...
5: always my favorite part of the show
1: is that oh yeah and and my show is it's so structured because it is an informative show you know you got your news you got your traffic and weather you got your sports and and your segments so there's not a lot of uh, free time where I get to kind of roam and and talk to people so I like hosting Bob's show I get to talk to everybody now oh
5: yeah that's a good thing
1: yeah and nobody can stop me from rambling (laughs)
5: that's the greatest part of all yeah I can talk as long as I want yeah, so let's talk bumblebees. If we can't hear, you're saying that uh, bumblebees don't sting. I don't. I don't. I don't
1: true. know if it's bumblebees or carpenter bees. I know there's one kind of bee that just it doesn't sting. I don't know if it has a stinger or if it just doesn't sting. But I, I know there is yeah. one kind of bee, and they were they were very prevalent where I grew up in Long Island because I I knew and everybody knew they're not going to sting you. But then when one's like buzzing by your head, you you freak out. And that's—it yeah. doesn't matter if you're, you know, a, a tiny eight-year-old child or a fully grown six-foot-three, oh. two-hundred-something-pound man. You freak out when a I'm bee flies death. past
5: your head. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not a bumblebee, better known as a honeybee, because I got stung by one of those suckers years oh, and years ago. No. Let me tell you something, man. It hurt like hell. It it hurts so um,
1: much for such a tiny little animal.
5: It felt like somebody stabbed me in a finger. I mean, my left finger, my left index finger. I was was with my mom and dad. We were going to an anniversary party. And all of a sudden, I saw this honeybee buzzing around in the car. And it's like, don't you come at me. And the thing was buzzing around. And all of a sudden, it hones it in my mouth. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 now, <laughs> my, my parents are saying
6: What happened, you okay?
5: So I got started Yeah, I so it gets
1: you I'll tell you a little behind the scenes story uh, A few, uh, maybe a couple months ago now When it was still warm enough for bees to be out and about I was at a news conference For the, uh, the Binghamton Plaza The one on, on Front Street Where they had that Kmart and we're all gathered around Mayor Cram and we're all, you know, listening, taking questions. And a bee starts flying in between me and the WSKG reporter there. I yeah. did not hesitate to swat that thing right in her direction. <laughs> didn't didn't even go through in my, my mind that it was like, oh, actually, you know, maybe we don't swat the bee at another reporter. Maybe we just let it fly around. No, 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 no. The second I saw it, I the arm just went up, swatted it. Right at the WSKG reporter. Luckily, she didn't get stung, so that would have been really embarrassing for me.
5: Yeah, for me, uh, a good bee is a dead bee.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine with it.
5: That's the way I see it.
1: Yeah, I, like I know bees have their important ecological functions or whatever. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Let the flowers go yeah. unpollinated. I don't need any bees near me.
7: Yeah.
5: Uh, it is very interesting. I mean, such a small creature, you know, and here we are, human beings, and the, and those critters buzz around you, and it's like, for me, it's like, oh no, oh no. Yeah,
1: it's instant <laughs> so, fight or flight. It's instantly like, oh, well, like, what am I going to do? Your adrenaline spikes, and you're ready to go.
5: I mean, a house flight's fine, because they're not going to hurt you. They don't sting at all, but... uh but I hate those honeybees. Oh, I hate them. Ah.
1: Oh. Yeah, it made me real scared last year when we heard about the murder hornets. That's what that was the name, and they yeah. they don't attack humans, quote unquote. But I'm not interested in being around anything named murder.
5: Yeah, well, I saw something about that where they actually do that can attack a human, you know? Oh, yeah, they
1: they definitely can, but I I just think, you know, naturally they try to avoid us. But again, they could, and that's the part that scares me.
5: Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, well, I just wanted to say what a pleasure it is to follow up behind Beverly. I love that lady. She's pretty wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah, she's great.
5: Yeah, I'm... uh,
1: Everyone's great.
5: Yeah. I'm... I'm very happy that she got through going to her bout of COVID there and, and intact and everything. So I went through it, you know, a couple of years ago and, oh, it was pretty miserable. You know, I wasn't didn't have any respiratory problems, but I sure felt like. Ugh. Oh, yeah, Everybody
1: I dodged wants- the respiratory problems, too. I could breathe fine, but it was, you know, it's the yeah. stuffiness. It's the headache. It's the never ending yeah. feeling of despair
5: yeah when my sisters and i went through that pretty much at the same time and of course i had a few other family members who went through it and uh it was pretty severe for some for three of them so but they all got through it everybody's okay now that's great yeah okay i better let you go my man i look forward to hearing you tomorrow
1: all right thanks larry
5: okay bless you
1: that was larry from kirkwood yeah, that's that's my favorite part of hosting Bob's show, is I get to talk to people that I haven't really talked to all that much since I stopped screening the phone calls for Bob. Let's go to another call. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from?
2: Um, this is Dale again. There's a car hanging off the side of uh, Angle Street Bridge. Really? Going out of town. A car hanging out over the side of the bridge right through this, the the uh, fence there. I guess there's people in in it still.
1: Oh my word! That's a scary yeah, situation.
2: I can see what happened, but
1: yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see about that after down. the show, and then I can see if I can get more information on that. There's also
2: something going up on up the on eighty one. The traffic stopped. we go on both lanes, and just um, it looks like a couple cars in the median um, just past uh the. Broad Avenue exit around in there, headed for the uh, Kamikaze Curve. There, that's all stopped.
1: Huh? Yeah, I don't see anything reported on five one one yet, so I don't know what's causing that traffic delay. But I know yeah, yesterday it's, it's, there was a tractor trailer that that got into a bit of trouble on I eighty one.
2: There's people laying down on the, on the uh, on the sidewalk. I'm not sure what's happening, but they are. Uh, both link, both sides are closed, right at Broad Avenue. Wow,
1: yeah, that's that's going to be something to look into for me later. Okay,
2: all right, thanks, Dale. And people hanging from the bridge. though. I can again not imagine that right across above a train. No, less,
1: yeah, you know, I wish I wish I had someone left that I could send there right now, but it's just me this week. Now, that's like yep. that's ASAP news right there. If Bob was here, I'd be on that bridge right now too.
2: <laughs> it's swinging out there, but I tell you. <laughs> But I'll talk to you later. All right. See if I
1: can Okay. Have a good one. Let's take another call. WMBF, you're on the air, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, well, looks like we don't have anybody on this line. Nope. We're losing everybody apparently. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Nope. Okay. I guess nobody wants to call in and talk for now. It's nine forty-four. You're listening to WMBF.
0: Hi, folks. This is News Radio twelve ninety AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on ninety two point one FM, W two two one EJ Binghamton, a Town Square Media station. News Radio
3: twelve ninety
1: nine forty-eight on WMBF's Binghamton now. Now joined by Dave from Vestal. How you doing, Dave?
6: I'm doing good. Doing good, James. Hey, um, this, this, and see, you may even agree with me. Although maybe you can't. But the left traffics in racial division for political purposes. Is that a true statement or isn't it?
1: I I think that there are plenty of people who use circumstances to their advantage.
3: I. I'm not not, it's not everybody it's
1: not everybody but I think there are certain people who will use bad situations to their political advantage as there are on both sides you know that what what's you know if you want to go down that route what's going on with the the down south governors bussing people to other cities using taxpayer money that's I think we can all agree that's a bad look and that's not something that should be happening. But you know, it's it's a bad situation and people are using it to their political advantage for political stunts. It happens on both sides all the time.
6: Okay. Well, boy, you know, you, you, you are good, James. That's a good answer.
3: <laughs> <You> are... <laughs> I, I appreciate that. that.
6: <laughs> hey, okay, well, I got I got I guess I uh, got it off my chest, but um You know, the question, well, he called in twice yesterday. I was going to call back a second time, but I don't want to make myself a nuisance. But, you know, um, the the American call in as many times as he wants. Uh, The question is, is how many times does he want to lose a debate one day? Uh, I'd like to hear what he has to say. We'll
1: see. Yeah, I appreciate the passion that everybody brings. Whatever side they're arguing for or against, everybody brings the energy.
6: Right. Oh. Oh. By the way, James, uh, you know what? I, I forgot. Uh, he he also says I'm wrong, and nothing has changed at the border since Trump. When I told you that, uh, James, does the border look the same to you?
1: I mean, I I've seen the border personally. No, but I, I mean, what's going on
6: down there? Does it look the same to you as when Trump was in?
1: You, you know, could, it's it's an interesting question because I I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer off the top of my head because I, again, I don't want to fall into the trap that we did over the summer with the the crime in New York City, where you found out during election season the people who cared most about the crime in New York City were the people who didn't live in New York City. So the just kind of the difference between the level that it's being reported and the level that it's actually become a problem. You know, in New York City over the summer, at one point crime was down to like two thousand nine levels. Manhattan 2009 was not a dangerous place, but, you know, you can talk about the rise in crime and you can talk about it a lot and make it headline stories so people start to believe that New York looks like 1970s New York.
6: All right, well, you know, I think wouldn't it help us a lot if they would start putting people... On TV and interviewing people that are actually down at the border and work there daily and see everything, why don't we ever hear from those people?
1: I would why be I we... would be interested in that. I would I would watch that to to get an actual on the ground sense of what was going on because I I don't like to make generalizations based on you know what I read what I see what I hear uh, you know right. I'd like to at least right. do my own research on something before I come to a conclusion. Uh, You know, whatever that conclusion may be. Maybe it's the same conclusion I already had, or maybe I find out something new.
6: Right. It would be nice if they would interview him. But, hey, James, I I thank you for your time, and uh, you're doing swell, and I hope Bob gets better. We need him back so we can beat him up.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I need him back so I don't have to be in here for eight (laughs) hours a day. I've been in the dungeon since
6: 430.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's
6: like overtime for you. Yeah, but you know what? You're doing a good job. Really yeah good.
1: yeah I'm having a good time. that's what matters yeah it it shows okay all right thanks Dave all right. Uh-huh. take care now. yeah that's that's my favorite part today as I get to talk to everybody I get to have a good time and I'm having a good time even if if I disagree with anyone in particular, try to respectfully share my point of view. but I also like to listen to the other point of view. I may not agree with it, but it's a nice conversation. And it helps that everyone is being so kind to me. So kind. I don't even have to worry about people getting mad at me. I'm just trying my best to make everybody happy. It's good vibes. It's a Tuesday. Start of the week. A little bit different on Binghamton Now with James Kelly instead of Bob Joseph. 9.53. You're listening to WMBF.
8: Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but only if people get tested. About 23 million adults have never been tested. Almost two out of three have a regular doctor and health insurance that would pay for the test. Doctors often recommend colonoscopy, but the fecal occult blood test and sigmoidoscopy also effectively find colorectal cancer early. When people can pick the test they prefer, they're more likely to actually get tested. If you're between the ages of 50 and 75, talk with your doctor about which test is best for you. Make sure you understand the steps you need to take to get tested. If you have a family history of colorectal cancer or polyps or inflammatory bowel disease, ask your doctor if you should start screening before age 50. Through the Affordable Care Act, many people have access to health insurance that covers colorectal cancer screening tests at no cost. Remember, the best test is the test that gets done.
9: Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood.
10: A world where I'm not afraid to go to school.
3: <laughs> to speak out.
9: To be myself. Loser. A world where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. Come on, punk.
4: We have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. Speak up. Educate. Find out what to look for
11: and how you can make a difference at bullying.org.
5: Bullying is not
3: kids being kids.
11: It's not about good homes or bad homes. It's not a normal part of growing up. I shouldn't be afraid to get out of school. With. To turn on my computer. needs a walk to my locker. Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up?
4: Use your voice.
11: Hey, leave him alone. We have the power to stop bullying.
3: Find
9: out more at bullying.org.
11: Bullying.org.
0: Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
3: 956
1: on WMBF. You're listening to Binghamton Now with James Kelly instead of Bob Joseph. Bob Joseph taking a few days off. James Kelly locked in the dungeon of the WMBF studios for eight hours a day until Bob comes back. So we're hoping that Bob feels a lot better very, very soon. I hope Bob is listening right now. Look, okay, we had a good first hour there. What a variety of topics that we had, we had invasive bugs descending from the mountains, a walkway bridge getting destroyed. Bees, obviously. We hate bees. Not a fan of bees. A jam-packed first hour. Speaking of all, all the animal news we've had, you might have heard this in the newscast. But it's my favorite story today. Two monkeys were missing Monday from the Dallas Zoo in the latest in a string of suspicious incidents, including the death of an endangered vulture that police are investigating. Police said they believe someone intentionally cut an opening in an enclosure and took two Emperor Tamarin monkeys. The incident comes after the zoo was closed for a day-long search on January 13th when a clouded leopard named Nova went missing. She was eventually found near her habitat, but police said a cutting tool had been used to cut her enclosure. And on January 21st, an endangered vulture named Pin was found dead, and officials say the death did not appear natural. Weird things going on at the Dallas Zoo. A monkey thief... An attempted clouded leopard thief? An endangered vulture murderer? Yeah, say, if I was going to the zoo, I don't think I would pay any attention to an endangered vulture. It's not an aesthetically pleasing animal. I guess it's cool that there's not that many left of them, so you get to see one. Well, yeah, that's cool. I'm sure the zoo is trying to conserve them, trying to rebuild the population. But that's not great, the death of an endangered vulture. It's a lot more interesting that two monkeys were stolen, though. And a clouded leopard. What are you going to do with a clouded leopard? If you're trying to steal animals from a zoo, that's among the last animals I would steal. That's a predator. At least monkeys. Now, you're not going to lose a fight to a couple of monkeys who decide they don't like being kidnapped by you. But you will lose that fight to the clouded leopard a hundred times out of a hundred. What are you thinking? Now, luckily the leopard was found nearby. But as far as I know, the two monkeys are still missing. So, yeah, I'd heard in the newscast. And if you heard it at eight thirty when I talked about it, well then you already know that nobody's allowed to say that I would steal animals from a zoo. No one's allowed to say it. We're in the cone of trust, cloud of trust, circle of trust, trust tree, whatever it is. We're there. So no one's allowed to accuse me of stealing any animals from the zoo if a couple of animals uh, apparently go missing. No one's allowed to accuse me. That's the rule. It's on air. It's a rule.
0: Where news breaks first, News Radio 1290 WNBF.
1: Good morning on this Tuesday, January 31st. You're listening to WMBF. On Monday, Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar announced an increase in visitation hours at the Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility. In a press release, Sheriff Akshar announced that visitation hours had been doubled from 15 hours per week to 30 hours per week, effective immediately. The Broom County Sheriff's Correctional Facility will have visitation hours on Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., Additionally, visitors will no longer be required to make an appointment for visitation, so visitors will now have more flexibility in going to see loved ones at the Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility. Sheriff Akshar stated, One of the issues I heard repeatedly from community members before I became Broome County Sheriff was the lack of access for families to visit their loved ones who found themselves incarcerated. Our entire team at the Broome County Sheriff's Office is committed to reducing recidivism through the Responsible Reentry an expanded visitation is just the first of many changes we're making to help better ensure that incarcerated individuals have the services and support they need on the inside to help better prepare them to re-enter society and not re-offend on the outside. The press release also indicated that Sheriff Akshar intends to further expand visitation, as well as expanding programs and services to help incarcerated individuals best prepare to re-enter the outside world. A long-standing Endicott restaurant closed its doors for the last time on Sunday, January 29th, For 52 years, Nina and Jerry Drossos owned and operated the Acropolis Restaurant, which was located on Washington Avenue in Endicott, but the pair decided that the time had come to retire. The Acropolis Restaurant operated in the space that once housed Drug Store. The closing of the Acropolis Restaurant comes on the heels of a handful of other Southern Tier food-related closings and restructurings. On January 15th, McDonald's abruptly closed its location on East Main Street in Endwell. The closed McDonald's was located directly across the street from a Burger King, and an employee told Townsquare Media that since McDonald's closed, Burger King has seen an uptick in business. On Monday, January 16th, Lupo's S Char Pit on West State Street in Binghamton closed its doors with no advance notice in early January, with co-owner Steve Lupo telling Townsquare Media that he and his brother were contemplating whether or not to focus all of their attention on their meat processing business, which is located in Endicott. On January 20th, Curries of India on Court Street in Binghamton closed its doors after operating for almost 35 years, indicating that the reason was related to retirement. And finally, Badalini Bakery at 111 Oak Hill Avenue announced on Friday, January 27th, that it had stopped all walk-up service at its shop but will continue to supply to local grocery stores. The walk-up service has been halted due to a struggle in finding people to work. In Broome County Court, Dylan Thomas, age 31, of Binghamton, was sentenced to two to four years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Thomas admitted that on January 13th, he injured a 39-year-old female by cutting her hand with a knife during a domestic incident at the Econo Lodge in the town of Dickinson. Thomas has a prior felony conviction in 2016 for attempted burglary in Broome County. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said the Broome County DA's Office Special Victims Bureau continues to fight for victims of domestic violence. Many cases continue to go unreported. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, help is available. Contact your local police, the District Attorney's Office, or the Crime Victims Assistance Center. Multiple news reports say Manhattan, Manhattan prosecutors have convened a new grand jury to hear evidence and a probe of payments made to keep two women quiet about alleged affairs with former President Donald Trump. The reports cite unnamed sources familiar with the proceedings. A spokesperson for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg declined to comment Monday. In a post to his Truth Social platform, Trump blasted Bragg as the radical left Manhattan DA and said the new grand jury was a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Trump has denied having affairs with either woman. President Joe Biden has informed Congress that he will end the twin national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th, as most of the world has returned closer to normalcy nearly three years after they were first declared. The move to end the national emergency and public health emergency declarations will formally restructure the federal coronavirus response to treat the virus as an endemic threat to public health that can be managed through agencies' normal authorities. It comes as lawmakers have already ended elements of the emergencies that kept millions of Americans insured during the pandemic. Memphis police say two more officers involved in the arrest, beating, and death of Tyree Nichols have been disciplined. Five Memphis officers had already been fired and charged in the January 7th arrest of Nichols, who was black. Police said Monday that Officer Preston Hemphill was relieved of duty shortly after Nichols' January 7th arrest. The department said later that another officer has been relieved of duty. In total, seven officers have been disciplined for the arrest of Nichols, who died on January 10th. Also Monday, two Memphis Fire Department emergency medical workers and a lieutenant were fired in connection with the case. President Joe Biden, a daily rail commuter during his years in the Senate, has visited an aging Baltimore tunnel that's slated to be replaced with help from the bipartisan infrastructure legislation he signed in 2021. The Baltimore and Potomac Tunnel Project would eliminate a bottleneck that delays commuters and travelers up and down the East Coast. It's estimated to cost $4 billion and take a decade to finish. It's the first of two rail-related stops this week for Biden, who will visit New York on Tuesday, where another new tunnel is planned, this one under the Hudson River. And two monkeys were missing Monday from the Dallas Zoo in the latest in a string of suspicious incidents, including the death of an endangered vulture that police are investigating, Police said they believe someone intentionally cut an opening in an enclosure and took two Emperor Tamarin monkeys. The incident comes after the zoo was closed for a day-long search on January 13th when a clouded leopard named Nova went missing. She was eventually found near her habitat, but police said a cutting tool had been used to cut her enclosure. On January 21st, an endangered vulture named Pin was found dead, and officials say the death did not appear, appear natural. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today a slight chance of snow showers between 7am and 10am, mostly cloudy with a high near 27 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tonight light a slight chance of light snow between midnight and 3am, mostly cloudy with a low near 17 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tomorrow partly sunny with a high near 27, tomorrow night partly cloudy, a low near 18. And Thursday, partly sunny with a high near 35. Thursday night, chance of snow showers after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 12 degrees and blustery conditions, 50% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station. 10-15
1: 10:15 on WMBF Hour number 2 of Binghamton Now with myself, James Kelly, filling in for Bob Joseph, and we've got Bob from Vestal on the line. How you doing, Bob?
12: Hey, a good Irish man. I am, I'm oh, yeah. Irish myself.
1: Oh yeah, 100% Irish. Well, I'm half. It's always enough. It's always yeah, enough to have temper, that big family for the, the
12: like Christmas gatherings. I like to drink booze, and I got the temper. Okay. <laughs> I just got in my truck. I took a walk down the flood wall in Vestal. Beautiful sunny day. You know, it's cold. You it bundle up. So I get in my truck, and I hear I think it was either Dave from Vasto, who is conservative like me, or Tom from Manuel I recognize it's one of those guys. It was and Dave. I, I we got a call from Dave today. And I think they agree. I think they were talking about Matt Ryan. And there's something they got to understand. They could show him a slip of paper with the facts right on it, and he would say, no, that's not right. Liberals do not believe facts. If you put something in front of them that proves your point exactly, they'll go, uh, that's not right. That's not the way it is. Well, Bob,
1: Bob, Bob, here's the thing. Uh, the, the miscommunication that was being had there was just a, it was a difference of statistics, not in the actual content, but the way you're getting the statistics. So Dave was right, because white people make up a significantly larger portion of the country that they are killed by police more often. That's a correct stat. But Matt Ryan's point was that per capita, because black people take up 13 percent of the population per capita, they're more likely to be targeted by a police officer that was that was the point and and you know that's just it's the same statistic but presented in a different way
12: well no that's not my point i i didn't hear the whole conversation i'm just saying it doesn't matter i see i watch uh tv a lot the news like newsmax and they will say something that's definitely that is happening. And if you tell a liberal person that, they'll go, uh-uh, it's, I got a buddy that's got a daughter. And he'll set her down and go, no, that's not right. Don't you? And she'll go, no, dad. Mm-mm. And she will not even think that he might be right because she has her set ways. And that's, okay, that's not really, okay, yesterday, I see there's an article in the paper, there's a uh, restaurant starting out on Route 26, like halfway to Vestal Center from Vestal.
1: Where where is, what's the name of the restaurant, like where is that?
12: uh, It's going to be like hot dogs and ice cream next summer, it's going to open. It's in a historic building right where you turn off 26 and go down on Main Street. There's a historic building there, and it said that that was in a Taylor Swift video. Really? So I got on the Internet and got that Taylor Swift video on there, back to December, it's called, and they showed this guy, like her boyfriend must be. He walked across the Juneberry Bridge. I recognize that, down by that old folks home they put down there. I recognized the Juneberry Bridge, and I recognize it's just quick shots, but that historic building, they showed it for like a second. And I'm thinking, when did Taylor Swift make a video in Vestal?
1: Yeah, I don't remember that.
12: Yeah, if anybody has any information, I know John from Binghamton's a big music guy. That freaked me out when I actually saw that. Like, here's this guy walking across the bridge all bummed out because they broke up or something, you know. And then it showed a couple of shots of him walking out of the woods. I'm not sure. It might be down There's a park down there, Mittendorf Park. Uh, And it showed an old barn in the background and stuff. But they're quick shots. But I've lived here all my life, and I recognize it. It's like, are you kidding me? I didn't have yeah. any idea. It's cool,
1: right? It's cool. Yeah. When you see, like, there's a there's a few TV shows, very small name stuff, that filmed in my hometown, Bayville, New York. Uh, and it was because we had this bridge there that was, like, it was perfect for filming. It was just, it was a very picture- picturesque scene. It was easy to get cameras up there. So it's in a lot of, like, low-level TV shows. But even still, I would go out of my way to watch one of them and be like, oh, I've seen that. And then, uh, actually, if you've ever seen The Punisher on Netflix, it's a, it's a Marvel show. Uh, they filmed like four episodes at this motel that was in my hometown. And I, to this day, I've never seen anybody else go in or out of that motel besides the cast and crew when they were filming that, that uh-huh. episode there. But of course I watched it. I watched the entire first season just so I could watch the second season and be like, hey. They filmed that down the street from me.
12: Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I was just shocked But, you know, if anybody wants to punch that up on the Internet, it's Taylor Swift back to September. Or, no, back to December. And it's all shot with, like, the snow we got out there right now. It looks like that, and this kid's just walking through fields, and and then it shows him walking down the road there, and I'm going, oh, my God, that's the Juneberry Bridge down there that I know. You know, it's like halfway to Vestal Center. You go out, you know, toward Vestal Center, and there's a gas station on the right. You turn down that road, which is Sheedy Road, and you come down, and that bridge is right there
1: yeah i'll tell you what i can't believe that i hadn't heard of that until right now because when i first yeah. moved here it was everyone i talked to was like you have to watch the rewrite that was filmed in binghamton most of it was filmed in binghamton it's about a professor at bu so i watched it and that's like a two-hour commitment to watch that movie or an hour and a half I'm just at least thinking,
12: why would how, who would taylor swift know from here to make a video in Boston? yeah who scouted
1: that out. location
12: And I got to know, I hope somebody can, you know, call in and say, yeah, like John there, he seems to know a lot about music. All right.
1: All right. Thanks, Bob.
12: Okay. Take care.
1: That was Bob from Vestal. Right back to the phone lines. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
7: Yeah, Ed from Endicott. I used to live on Juneberry Road when that scene was shot. Now, Taylor Swift uh, never came to the area. But uh, I happen to turn on Juneberry from 26 heading an home, and I see this kid walking down the center of the street. So I'm, like, driving, I slow down behind him, and then I see this guy in the field with a camera. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? But, yeah, he walked up the street across the bridge, and then he walked down Juneberry and then behind one of the houses. Uh, but he also, uh, there were also scenes shot over at MacArthur Field by the ballpark. Uh, because the guy that's featured in the video actually sat down in the bleachers. But uh, from what I understand and what I recall, that it was uh, somebody in the production team, uh, possibly the cameraman, was familiar with the area, and they were up this way, and that's why they decided to shoot in that area. But uh, it's it's my understanding Taylor Swift never came to do any shooting. It was just all the add-on scenes, like the guy walking down the street and walking uh, through uh, MacArthur Field and sitting in the bleachers.
1: Yeah, but, yeah oh, that's a bummer to, 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 to find to... out Taylor Swift's <laughs> never been here. What's that? It's a bummer to find out Taylor Swift didn't film her video here. She wasn't in it.
7: Well, that's just it. I, I was kind of interested in it, and I started looking into it, and I was like, gosh, she was never here. It was just these add-on scenes. So, hey, what can I say? That's yeah. how it goes.
1: It's always <laughs> funny to see the the behind-the-scenes part of it. When I, was at, uh, when I was at Queens College, uh, they, they filmed using their parking garage. Uh, I don't know why, but so many places wanted to use the Queens College parking garage to film parking garage scenes for their shows, TVs, whatever. And there was one called The Tick on Amazon, and it's, it's uh, yeah. like a yeah. goofy superhero show. Uh, and, and first of all, I, I have to say, I did not like the show. I watched it to see if I could see any of my own stuff there. But it, they mm-hmm. were always filming all around campus, and it was funny to watch the back end of things and just like watch what they're doing before, you know, the special effects go in and before the the camera angles get really dramatic. You're just like watching this very famous actor in a giant blue tick suit running around your college campus.
7: (laughs) Well, I think the people around here would be amazed if they knew how many uh, videos and uh, production teams are actually through this area filming for, a whole number of different uh, programs and movies. Uh, there are a lot of independent movie makers that come through this area. Uh, you'd have to do a search, but there, I'm, I was just amazed when I found out. Like on the back roads and up in the hills and like case in point out there and uh, off the of 26, it, it's just amazing how many crews come up here to do filming.
1: Yeah, well, Binghamton's a a good-looking area. I know the city gets a little gray, but especially in the the surrounding areas, you know, Vestal, Johnson City, when you start and get to the more suburban and even rural areas, it's nice here. It looks nice. It shows up on camera really nice.
7: Well, I'll tell you, that's probably the only thing that has kept me here is the uh, rural aspect of it, because I hate the politics of New York State.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you're, you're cool. You got your farm, you got your land, you're just chilling. Yeah, how it
7: goes.
1: Yeah, that's a, you know what, sometimes that's all you need. You don't need to worry about everything else. You, might, you know what, I'm good. I've got my land, I've got my farm, maybe a couple cows and horses too, and we're just chilling.
7: There you go, perfect.
1: <laughs> all right, well, I appreciate the call. Yep, have a good one. Yeah, getting some clarity on that whole Taylor Swift situation. That's kind of a bummer that she wasn't actually filming in Binghamton, but it is cool that the video itself featured Binghamton. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from?
13: Morning, James. Dave from Binghamton.
1: Dave from Binghamton. How are you doing?
13: Not too bad. Um, just to continue on the production conversation. Um, so, yeah, the director of Back to December is not from this area. He's from France, actually, and... Um, He also did Teenage Dreams by Katy Perry and uh, Lana Del Rey's Born to Die and Harry Styles, Sign of the Times. So he's very, you know, he's a very good uh, director for music videos for sure. Um, But what's interesting, the reason they chose here is they were they were all down in New York City waiting for snow and because his vision was to have a snowy area and the the first location close enough to New York City that had snow in the production period was Binghamton, so that's why he came up here. Um so wow. that was an interesting um thing there. But what's also interesting is in movie production, uh in nineteen ninety, Liebestrom was filmed here and like the whole production was done here and it was a movie not about Binghamton, but it was one hundred percent filmed in Binghamton. And then the rewrite, um a few years ago, maybe 2014, 2015. Yeah, I think it was 2015. Yeah, so that one was about Binghamton, but it was filmed close to your home at CW Post.
1: Yeah, they they do a lot of filming there. And it was actually uh, on my way. The last job I had before I started here uh, was past from my house to get there. I had to go past CW Post or LIU Post, Mm -hmm. I think they like to call it now. Um, But that was like a, a regular problem for me was that some days I'd be going out there and all of a sudden there'd be, you know, big camera crews, big trucks, all this equipment and they'd all be trying to to fit into the entrance, which is you know, it's kind of in a a heavily wooded area uh, and it's Mm -hmm. not really the entrance itself is not conducive to trucks coming in so it, yeah. it was always a, a little bit of a traffic delay for me in the morning. And that's, yeah. You know, I, I get irrationally angry now when I see things being filmed near me because <laughs> I've just, I've dealt with so many problems from it. Like at, at Queens College with the show on Amazon, it was impossible to park there. They had a, a row of paid parking spots and I, I wasn't going like, I was going at night. I was working during the day, so I didn't have to worry right. about, you know, parking on campus like i i always had three hours on the meter and that was it and i was good but these crews would come in and they'd go up and down the entire street so i'd be driving around uh flushing for like 20 minutes looking for another parking spot that was like a mile away from the campus because we're we're shooting a tick show there's a famous actor in a big blue suit and that's what's really ruining my day today
13: (laughs) that that was always an interesting show for sure and more interesting to hear about the production first.
3: <laughs> yeah.
13: Uh, yeah. It's, I just, when the director for the rewrite, um, I asked him about why, you know, the choice was to do it down there. And he said, oh, well, to bring up all the people for production, it's not possible. I'm like, well, it was done for Liebestrom. I didn't say that, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, it was done for Liebestrom, and now it's going to be done again for the movie um, in undergraduate book with the Belmar. Um, that the gentleman was talking on Siggins uh, some Now previously for. So, yeah, I just think it it's just an interesting thing that, you know, the mindset of some directors or producers, like, oh, no, that's not worth the cost to actually have it done where it's taking place.
1: Yeah, not every, not every movie is a big Marvel $100 million, $200 million budget movie. Uh, some well, of them actually have to worry well, about that.
13: Well, like Liebestrom was the lower budget than the rewrite. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's similar, it, you know, it had some similar um, famous people, or not the same people, but, you know, it's like a similar caliber of talent in a way. Like yeah, Kim Hugh Novak, Grant, Grant, Marissa Tomei.
1: Tomei, those are stars right there. Yeah, And J.K. Yep. Uh, J.K. And then,
13: Simmons. Yep. And then in the uh, uh, Liebestrom, Kevin Anderson, who was been sleeping with the enemy, Kim Novak, some of the uh, Alicia Witt, they were all in it, although Alicia was, like, 15. She was about my age at the time. Um, so she was early on in her career. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was – And the, but the director, Mike Figgis, did Leaving Las Vegas um, and some other interesting movies as well. So that was great to see being produced here. So hopefully more can do it. Um, and then the Binghamton Film Office, what's interesting is that it's great that it's here, but similar to a lot of the, the other things that I all, I constantly mention about this area, they unfortunately just sit and wait um, for, for films they don't seek out. Or, you know, like they could have really worked with the rewrite to say, hey, what can we do to film more here instead of having it completely done except for a day and a half of filming locally. But um, Syracuse is doing well with their film office, and there's a production uh, company in an old school um, up in Syracuse So, you know, we can't just keep following. We need to be um, being ahead of the curve. And like you said, this area has some great scenes, some great areas that they could film in. It's very uh, camera friendly. So we can continue doing that, hopefully.
1: Yeah. And it's affordable to be here.
13: 100%.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for the call. Thanks. Enjoy your day.
13: You too. It's
1: 1031. You're listening to WMBF. 1135 on WMBF. We've got Ed from Endicott. How's it going, Ed?
7: Pretty good. Getting back to that Taylor Swift video, uh, MTV had a write-up on it. Now, the guy that was walking down the street was a, a model, Guntar's Asmanis, and the de- uh, director, Johan Lemoyne uh, decided that, uh, let's see, uh, Taylor Swift's parts were shot in Nashville, and they just say that the winter scenes for Asmanis were shot in upstate New York. Now, what's interesting is how he describes the scene and why he chose it. But at one point in time, he wanted to guide to get in, go for a swim in a frozen lake.
3: Oh, my God.
7: And he said it wasn't possible, and he wanted to translate how you feel sometime when your heart is broken. So <laughs>
1: Swimming in a frozen <laughs> lake. Said-
7: I can't say, say I've ever done that frozen before. Lake, I guess where you could go swimming, but there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. I have not found anything that specifically says where it was shot, but, uh, yeah, if you've worked in the business, I guess you got more inside, uh, more of an inside track on it, but yeah, she was nice and toasty in Nashville. while the guy uh, in the video was walking in the chilly Northeast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's gotta be a tough ask too. imagine being the actor and sitting there and be like, yeah, so actually we're going to have you walk into the lake. I said, well, isn't it winter in Binghamton, New York? It's like twenty degrees outside. Yeah, yeah, no, that's you know, it's well, heartbreak. I
7: don't, I don't know how he says you know, getting into a frozen lake is a, a broken heart because I've actually been in a frozen lake. It's not. And it's gone not good. Through the ice, and no. In, in actuality, going through the ice, coming back, it's a very exhilarating feeling. Oh, it's like it's like you get jump started. Your heart's pounding. You get out, and it's like whoa.
1: See, I I get that. I I did a polar bear plunge once when I was living in Long Beach on Long Island. And we were living like 50 feet from the beach. So we saw the polar bear plunge going on. We decided to go out. And I I will say that first time I went in, it was a little bit refreshing at first. And then that immediately subsided. And then the second time, I I don't know why, the first time, my roommate Tori didn't want to come with us. She didn't want to go out into the water. And then when we came back, she's like, okay, I want to go in, but I don't want to go in by myself. So I went with her, and that second time was just all pain. The entire thing was uh, one of the worst times I've ever felt in my life.
7: Wow. <laughs> That's my mistake, I, though. I went I, in twice. I found it very exhilarating to come out, and it's like, wow. It's like somebody just jump-started you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Everybody yeah. should try it, really, because it's either going to kill your jumpstart, yeah, you, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's let's not just try it. If one of the options is you die, let's not just try it. Let's maybe let's plan a trip down to Long Island. We'll go in the nice ocean that doesn't freeze, and then we'll get to feel what it feels like to jump into cold water.
7: There, there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's even even people who who use cold showers. I don't get it. I don't get it. I get it. It wakes you up in the morning. But, I, like, at what cost? You're freezing. It hurts.
7: Well, next time, take yourself a hot shower and then back up. Move the shower head down so it just hits your head and then turn it to ice-cold water. And no. Oh,
1: no. Yeah, no. I, I No chance. No <laughs> chance am I going to do that. That sounds like a horrible way to start my day.
7: Uh better than
1: a cup of coffee huh yeah well it'll wake me up more but that's not going to be from you know just being oh i'm awake i took a cold shower i feel great no it's going to be fight or flight i'm going to be fighting for my life in that shower
7: oh incredible all right
1: have a great day all right thanks ed yeah come on cold water i'm not going to do that showers are supposed to be relaxing why would i go in in cold water But the polar bear plunge is serious. That actually, it was a good time. I enjoyed it the first time for like a second until the real temperature really sank in for me. And I realized that I was in the ocean in February. That wasn't great. But it was still a good time. I probably had like hundreds of people out there on the beach. And you know what? They sold hoodies. So they donated a little money to get into the polar bear plunge. You get out and you're freezing, they sell you a hoodie. That's a great business model. I don't know how they convince hundreds of people to jump into the ocean together. I know it is for charity. But let's be honest. If we wanted to find a more efficient way to give money to charity, we could do better than jumping into the ocean. We could find a better way. What if we just have a party on the beach in the middle of winter? That would be much more fun. That's tough. It's underrated being on the beach in the winter. It's 1040. You're listening to WMBF. Join Mark. News Radio
3: 1290 WMBF.
1: 1043 on WMBF. This is Binghamton Now with James Kelly. No Bob Joseph for a few days. I'm filling in. We got open phone lines, 607-772-1290. First person to call, first on the air. This is your opportunity, if you're listening, and say, you know what, I don't want to wait on hold, I don't have too long. No, 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 call me right now, call me first. And if you've been listening over the first half of the show, you can tell it's a little bit of a free-for-all day here at WMBF. We're talking about whatever we want to talk about. I have no topics planned. WMBF. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
11: Hi, James. Uh, this is Sandy from Port Dick. Hey,
1: how's it going? Uh,
11: okay. It's you know, it's winter. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to talk about a, a few things. Uh, one thing is uh, Cuomo, at, who is once again ripping off the taxpayers of New York. He just can't stop doing that with his uh, assisted for his defense fund. Um, This is totally ridiculous. And uh, I thought we had gotten rid of this dude once and for all, but apparently not.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I am not thrilled that New York State is going to be paying his legal defense bills for what he was accused of, especially.
3: I don't want New York
1: State having to pay those bills. I know legally we might have to. It sounds like there's not going to be another way around it. But just morally speaking, I don't want to pay those bills. You're
11: absolutely right. And I just wanted to throw that out there that, you know, once again, New York State is picking the taxpayers, hard working taxpayers are picking up the tab for this uh, low life. And uh, that's a nice word for it. Anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to say about that. But uh, I've heard people talking about the COVID and getting sick after the shots and after the, uh, boosters and everything, and I know people who that's happened to, even in my own family, and uh, and they've ended up in the hospital for days at a time. Anyway, um, I think that New York State, because they're so short on nurses and aides and uh, help in nursing homes, uh, that they need to rehire all the nurses and aides and uh, EMTs that were let go because they refused to take the shot. I, I This is ridiculous. Uh, it is their right to refuse the shot. We need the, they certainly need the help in the hospitals and nursing homes. And uh, they need to rehire all these people and give them all the back pay. If anyone deserves the back pay, they do.
1: Well, that's what happened uh, yeah. in New York City, that, that workers who were fired for not being vaccinated, they were reinstated with back pay. I think that was uh, maybe late last week or earlier last week.
11: Well, I, I don't. is it for the whole state?
1: No, that because, was just uh, New York City. That was New okay. York City. Uh, and then a judge ruled that these employees had to get back pay.
11: Well, I, I agree with that. And it needs to happen throughout the whole state because people were laid off. In upstate, all over the state, from hospitals and, and uh, EMTs and nursing homes and everything. Um, and also, uh, we need to never, ever have another shutdown, ever, in this country. It did more damage to this country, to every person that lives here. And I don't care whether the man, woman, child, whatever. Uh, It did so much damage to this country, and we cannot ever, ever let it happen again.
1: I think Uh, when you you have a disease like COVID-19, which is a serious disease for a lot of people, I know the vast majority of people recover fine, but because it is so transmissible and because it infected so many people, the grand total of people who ended up dying from COVID-19 or had long-term effects from it was high. It was really high. You know, and, yeah, and we could get thrown something worse in the future than COVID-19. And maybe lockdowns are the only way to keep people safe.
11: Uh, no, I, I don't agree with that. But I, I I,
1: when you have a, a airborne disease like that, going out in public does dramatically increase your chance of catching it.
11: Well, we've had flu for so long now. We've had We've been through airborne diseases before, viruses and bacterial diseases. And uh, I, I, just shutting down this country is so wrong. It should never, ever happen again. And we should never let government happen, let this happen. And uh, that's how, what I have to say about that. I have a question for you, because you lived down in Long Island, where Santos, he was your yeah elect-
1: Yeah, he I, actually, he I, represents I, I, my district.
11: Yeah, well, I, I'm just curious how did he ever get elected? That's what I've been saying. Down there, know what kind of a guy this was.
1: Yeah, I know. And here is the thing: I know Bob has said it a number of times about the death of local journalism. But coming from Long Island, and and I had gone to Hofstra University for grad school in journalism, and there were a lot of people who were teaching there who were also working as journalists. I know they work hard, and there's still plenty of them. I mean, not as much as there used to be, especially in the newspaper game, but there are a lot of news organizations on Long Island, and even in New York City, right next door. I mean, it's not like when you're talking about the U.S. House of Representatives, it's not like that's local to Long Island only. That affects everybody. The the fact that nobody from, from the area that I'm from was able to figure this out until after the election, Even the Democratic Party itself. Like, hey, you have a candidate in this race. Maybe look into your opponent a little bit. Find out if there's something there that might help your candidate win. And I'm pretty sure that revealing that everything this guy has said about his entire life story is a lie probably would have helped the Democratic candidate win that election.
11: It probably would have if they would really looked into it. But I I just found it strange that people didn't look into his background when he was running. I, I mean... This is weird. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's all I really have to say. I have one little comment for you, James. Uh, I like you being on here. I'm glad you're taking over for Bob while he's ill. Um, uh, but um, you need to quit whining about your eight hours working. Now, eight
1: hours working? He- I'm, I'm working a lot today.
11: Okay. Well, most people that work in Broome County and upstate New York, they work eight-hour days.
1: Oh, 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 okay. They, I I see the disconnect here. Okay, yeah. it's not it's not that I'm working eight hours total. It's just eight hours on air, and then I have all my other uh, jobs to do. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the disconnect there.
11: Well, you're uh, in, in being a bit of a whiner.
1: Oh, I'm so, just trying to have um, a good time. I'm just so, joking around.
11: <laughs> so suck it up there buddy yeah i mean listen i'm
1: i'm on the radio talking to the binghamton community i'm having a great time i'm not complaining about having to work i'm just joking around having a good time okay yeah i like to keep it light
11: well i i like it light too because there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in this country right now but um i'll be listening to you and i listen every day and uh thank you for talking to me
1: absolutely thanks for calling
11: okay Bye-bye.
1: It's 1052. You're listening to WMBF.
11: Hey, sweetie. What's going on?
1: Well, honey,
14: I uh, I have some news.
1: Uh, okay. What?
14: <laughs>
15: All that training paid off. I got the job.
11: Oh, I knew you would get it. So when do you start?
0: Uh, when you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff create jobs find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org a message from goodwill and the ad council this is a guided meditation on parenting take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk or when you hit that pinata into your neighbor's yard let it go You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids and the Ad Council.
8: well why not just ask them to stop or better yet volunteer to text for them it might be a little awkward but believe me you'll live
0: learn more at stop stoprex.org brought to you by the ad council and the national highway traffic safety administration ladies and gentlemen we're back live at the national butt out finals aj langer is all fired up and there he goes it's out put his butt out in 2.6 seconds. Lori is with AJ. Lori? AJ, how did you get your butt out so quick? Well, I learned the hard way. I burned the house down. If you smoke, put it out. All the way. Every time. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable home fire deaths. Check out usfa.dhs.gov smoking. A message from the U.S. Fire Administration and firefighters everywhere.
4: When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a on a day. I want to day. be a football I, I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't
3: be.
6: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at
0: IWantToBeRecycled.org brought to you by yes, this is News Beautiful Radio 1290 and AM WNBF Binghamton now on 92.1 FM W221 EJ Binghamton a Town Square Media station News Radio
3: 1290
1: WNBF 1054 on WNBF I'm getting ready to close out hour number 2 of Binghamton now here we got one more hour to go If you can't tell, today is just an absolute free-for-all day for phone calls. There are no rules here. Well, there's some rules. Let's not get it too crazy. There are some rules. But for the most part, we are fully reliant on the phone calls today. I brought no topics to discuss. I am only facilitating the phone caller conversation. Let's see if we can squeeze somebody in. Before the end of the hour, someone wants to call in. Maybe we got a quick topic to get us to 11 o'clock. Otherwise, talk about some of the other stuff going on. It's just around America. It's a bit of interesting news. Former President Donald Trump is suing journalist Bob Woodward, claiming the reporter didn't have permission to release interview recordings of Trump to the public federal lawsuit was filed Monday against Woodward, his publisher, Simon & Schuster, Inc., and its parent company, Paramount Global. Trump's attorneys are seeking nearly $50 million in damages. And Simon & Schuster and Woodward say all the interviews were on the record and that Trump agreed to being recorded. Trump says Woodward and Simon & Schuster violated his copyright by releasing the audio recordings. The lawsuit claims the former president only agreed to being recorded for a book. Woodward's book, Rage, was published in September 2021. It's an interesting lawsuit there. Can't imagine that it wasn't clear that Donald Trump was on the record when he did that interview. I mean, it's an interview. At least I know. I start all of my interviews when I'm talking to people in the Binghamton community. Just let them know, hey, I'm going to record this because I don't want to misquote you or misspell something. Or mishear something, misremember something. I want the exact quote. Otherwise, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where... You've asked somebody for a quote, you got a quote, and maybe you only scribbled it down. Now later when you're actually writing the story, trying to use the quote, you don't remember what was said. And also the whole legality of it all. Now New York is actually a one-party recording state. So technically, we're on the record unless we say we're off the record. But it's just common courtesy to say, hey, just so you know... I'm going to record this. It's one of the benefits to have worked in the legal world for so long. I do know a lot of laws. A lot of weird laws, too. Only the things that ever caused me trouble when I was working in the law firms. Worked in a lot of them. Good jobs working as a paralegal. Although it did concern me a little bit at one particular job that my name was just all over legally binding documents for work and I was I guess 23 at the time when I was working there a 23 year old with his name all over legally binding documents in a New York state court of law that wasn't exactly making me feel comfortable because what if I made a mistake I didn't know what I was doing another bit of interesting news it's winter so where's the white stuff it's not covering the ground in New York City Since the end of summer, there hasn't been any measurable snowfall in the city. According to the National Weather Service, that means at least one-tenth of an inch accumulating on the ground, reaching January 30th without seeing more than a trace of flakes. Let's set a new record. The last time it took this long to snow in New York City was 1973. New Yorkers had to wait till January 29th. I believe the all-time record is February 4th. And if I recall correctly, the last time I saw it, and who knows, the weather situation may have changed. But the last time I saw it, there wasn't any predictable snow in the forecast for New York City past February 4th. So we're going to have no snow in New York. Set a new record. It's not great. That would never happen in Binghamton, New York. I remember even here, we didn't get our first snow until maybe December 13th or December 14th, somewhere around there. I was interested, so I looked back, and that was one of the latest snows that Binghamton's had, the real first measurable snow. That was one of the latest that Binghamton had had in years. So slightly concerning from a climate change standpoint. And New York City's about to set a record for not getting snow, which, of course, only falls when it's cold outside. But if the globe warms, well, you're not going to get any snow. So, who knows? Maybe we'll get hit with a surprise snowstorm in New York City. I know we're going to get snow in Binghamton. Hour number three, coming up.
0: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF.
1: Good morning on this Tuesday, January 31st. You're listening to WNBF. On Monday, Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar announced an increase in visitation hours at the Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility. In a press release, Sheriff Akshar announced that visitation hours had been doubled from 15 hours per week to 30 hours per week, effective immediately. The Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility will have visitation hours on Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Additionally, visitors will no longer be required to make an appointment for visitation, so visitors will now have more flexibility in going to see loved ones at the Broome County Sheriff's Correctional Facility. Sheriff Akshar stated, One of the issues I heard repeatedly from community members before I became Broome County Sheriff was the lack of access for families to visit their loved ones who found themselves incarcerated. Our entire team at the Broome County Sheriff's Office is committed to reducing recidivism through the responsible reentry and expanded visitation, is just the first of many changes we're making to help better ensure that incarcerated individuals have the services and support they need on the inside to help better prepare them to reenter society and not reoffend on the outside. The press release also indicated that Sheriff Akshar intends to further expand visitation, as well as expanding programs and services to help incarcerated individuals best prepare to reenter the outside world. A long-standing Endicott restaurant closed its doors for the last time on Sunday, January 29th. For 52 years, Nina and Jerry Drossos owned and operated the Acropolis Restaurant, which was located on Washington Avenue in Endicott, but the pair decided that the time had come to retire. The Acropolis restaurant operated in the space that once housed Louise's Drugstore. The closing of the Acropolis restaurant comes on the heels of a handful of other Southern-tier food-related closings and restructurings. On January 15th, McDonald's abruptly closed its location on East Main Street in Endwell. The closed McDonald's was located directly across the street from a Burger King, and an employee told Townsquare Media that since McDonald's closed, Burger King has seen an uptick in business. On Monday, January sixteenth, Lupo's S Char Pit on West State Street in Binghamton closed its doors with no advance notice in early January, with co-owner Steve Lupo telling Townsquare Media that he and his brother were contemplating whether or not to focus all of their attention on their meat processing business, which is located in Endicott. On January 20th, Curry's of India on Court Street in Binghamton closed its doors after operating for almost 35 years, indicating that the reason was related to retirement. And finally, Badalini Bakery at 111 Oak Hill Avenue announced on Friday, January 27th, that it had stopped all walk-up service at its shop, but will continue to supply to local grocery stores. The walk-up service has been halted due to a struggle in finding people to work. In Broome County Court, Dylan Thomas, age 31, of Binghamton, was sentenced to two to four years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Thomas admitted that on January 13th, he injured a 39-year-old female by cutting her hand with a knife during a domestic incident at the Econo Lodge in the town of Dickinson. Thomas has a prior felony conviction in 2016 for attempted burglary in Broome County. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said the Broome County DA's office, Special Victims Bureau, continues to fight for victims of domestic violence. Many cases continue to go unreported. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, help is available. Contact your local police, the district attorney's office, or the Crime Victims Assistance Center. Multiple news reports say Manhattan Manhattan prosecutors have convened a new grand jury to hear evidence in a probe of payments made to keep two women quiet about alleged affairs with former President Donald Trump. The reports cite unnamed sources familiar with the proceedings. A spokesperson for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg declined to comment Monday. In a post to his Truth Social platform, Trump blasted Bragg as the radical left Manhattan DA and said the new grand jury was a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Trump has denied having affairs with either woman. President Joe Biden has informed Congress that he will end the twin national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th as most of the world has returned closer to normalcy nearly three years after they were first declared. The move to end the national emergency and public health emergency declarations will formally restructure the federal coronavirus response to treat the virus as an endemic threat to public health that can be managed through agencies' normal authorities. It comes as lawmakers have already ended elements of the emergencies that kept millions of Americans insured during the pandemic. Memphis police say two more officers involved in the arrest, beating, and death of Tyree Nichols have been disciplined. Five Memphis officers had already been fired and charged in the January 7th arrest of Nichols, who was black. Police said Monday that Officer Preston Hemphill was relieved of duty shortly after Nichols' January 7th arrest. The department said later that another officer has been relieved of duty. In total, seven officers have been disciplined for the arrest of Nichols, who died on January 10th. Also Monday, two Memphis Fire Department emergency medical workers and a lieutenant were fired in connection with the case. President Joe Biden, a daily rail commuter during his years in the Senate, has visited an aging Baltimore tunnel. It's slated to be replaced with help from the bipartisan infrastructure legislation he signed in 2021. The Baltimore and Potomac Tunnel project would eliminate a bottleneck that delays commuters and travelers up and down the East Coast. It's estimated to cost $4 billion and take a decade to finish. It's the first of two rail related stops this week for Biden, who will visit New York on Tuesday, where another new tunnel is planned, this one under the Hudson River. And two monkeys were missing Monday from the Dallas Zoo in the latest in a string of suspicious incidents, including the death of an endangered vulture that police are investigating. Police said they believe someone intentionally cut an opening in an enclosure and took two emperor tamarind monkeys. The incident comes after the zoo was closed for a day-long search on January 13th when a clouded leopard named Nova went missing. She was eventually found near her habitat, but police said a cutting tool had been used to cut her enclosure. On January 21st, an endangered vulture named Pin was found dead, and officials say the death did not appear, appear natural. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of snow showers between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a high near 27 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tonight, a slight chance of light snow between midnight and 3 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 17 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 27. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, a low near 18. And Thursday, partly sunny with a high near 35. Thursday night, chance of snow showers after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 12 degrees and blustery conditions, 50% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station. Join Mark
3: News Radio 1290,
1: WMBF. 11.14 on WMBF, the final hour of the day of Binghamton Now with James Kelly. Not Bob Joseph, no Bob Joseph today. Just James. And we got Tom from Susquehanna. How's it going, Tom?
6: Okay,
10: Jimbo. Listen, great show.
1: I appreciate that. All
10: right, and... um... You know, that woman that called up said that you were, you know, complaining about the time and that. I mean, you know, I don't know what they're nitpicking about.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm complaining about it. What? I'm complaining about it, but it's all in good fun. I'm not that bad.
10: No, but I mean, really, listen, you should try and figure out a way that you and Bob could share the uh, the thing. You know, you go on maybe two days, three days a week, and he goes on two days, and I think that would be good.
1: Listen, and, I'd, and I'd love them, to do that, I, but you know, I, I've I'd love to do that, but you know, I've got a lot of other work that needs to get done to keep the station on air. And some of the uh, yeah,
10: I know, but I, I think that I'm telling you, you want to do it for the good of the station, right? You know, for the uh, good of the um, service is what we used to say in the army.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll try to pop in on Bob from time to time. I'll just drop in like unannounced. Good
10: and Good enough. Listen, I just want to say one more thing. I got to get off now because I, I got really got to I shouldn't even call, but I got a busy thing to do. Um, I used to live out in Babel Jefferson Street. Oh, and yeah. I, it, but but hold on. That was in 1949, Bobby. Uh, Jimbo.
1: Oh, that is
10: so uh, wow. one of these days I'll give you a call and see how things have changed.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I never meet anyone from Bayville because, you know, it's such a small town and it's so separated from the rest of Long Island by by the, you know, the Jordan Belfort type areas in uh, in old Brookville.
10: Yeah. But you know what it was? Those were only summer houses in that. Nobody hardly lived out there at that time. Oh, yeah. This was even before those houses that were down there. The only people lived there were on Center Island. You know, they were all year rounders. But you could count them on a thing. You used to have a post office box and everything.
1: Yeah, and now it's ironic that it's turned around. Center Island is actually the place that's, it's more of a renter's place now, but it's, you know, renters to like, uh, like when Brad and Angelina were filming Mr. and Mrs. Smith, when they were filming in New York, they stayed in Center Island. And that's just, that's what that area has become now in Bayville. And now the rest of it is all the the permanent homes.
10: Uh, Yeah, but that used to be mansions out there.
3: Oh,
1: yeah.
10: the The little narrow thing. You know, I mean, uh, that place, I can't believe they rent is holy God. Well, I haven't been down there in uh, well, I haven't been down here in a r- really long time. I could t- talk about things like a pig and whistle, which you probably didn't know. Right.
1: Oh, my my mom knew that she grew up in Bayville, too. And her oh. uh, her twin sister. So they wow. were they were around in like the 70s.
10: Oh, well, they're any earlier than that.
1: Uh, I'm not going to say because I think she'll get mad at me.
10: Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm, a, I'm 81. All right, listen, Jimbo, I'm sorry. I, I really got to get going. Great show. I hope that the station uh, thinks about you and Bobby, uh, you know, are doing that. I mean, between the both of you, you guys could be uh, another uh, Abbott and Costello.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely I'll try to get more involved in Bob's show. No, Bob's show is great. He does a good job with it. Uh, so yeah, no, you know, I, don't, no
10: don't get for me. me wrong. I, I fight with Bobby all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, everyone, I, everyone uh, I does. Been
10: calling up lately because where I'm living down here, I can't get. Sometimes I turn on the radio in the morning and I, well, I get get static. I'm lucky I'm getting you now because it's a clear day.
1: Yeah, well, and you know I we got the to... app. You can listen on the app.
10: Well, I'm not really a computer type guy. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I'll I, tell you what. If you figure out the app, uh, 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 it comes a lot nicer. The sound quality is a lot better over the FM waves and on the app. Yeah. Because you know and the you AM has that in little built-in to? static.
10: You get it? At, you get it uh, live on the app?
1: Uh, it's like a It's like a minute delay.
10: Oh yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, I thought the app was that you get to old shows and stuff.
1: No, no, no. You can listen live on the on the website and on the app.
10: All right, you know what? Uh, I'll take a look. I got one of them. My daughter got me one of these smartphones, so I'll I'll try to take a look at oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, we got our whole
1: app. You can just download the app. It'll be right there for you.
10: Oh, okay. You know what? I'm going to give it a try.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you
10: know what I'll do? I'll do it today when I get outside there. I got a bunch of stuff that uh, I'm going to be waiting uh, on things. Okay, listen, Jimbo, great show. Uh, and uh, I, I was glad, I'm glad I got into it, too. I love to hear all the regulars that call up.
1: I oh, really yeah. miss them. Oh, yeah, I miss them too because I don't screen calls anymore. So I, I don't I get to talk you. to them anymore. I
10: hear you. All right, listen. Good luck, Jimmy. Thanks, Tom. Right. Bye bye.
1: Love that. From Bayville, New York. I never meet anyone from my hometown because it is it is so out of the way on Long Island to get to Bayville. It's on the North Shore, so people don't even really come from the beach because on Long Island, you have about halfway through is where glaciers stopped depositing rocks. So if you're on the North Shore, which is where I grew up, the beaches are, are very rocky. It's difficult to like walk around and run around on the beach. The people on Long Island go to the beach go to the South Shore. Which is great. South Shore is perfect. But yeah, Bayville, New York. Love that. I'm going to have to let my mom know that I talked to someone from Bayville, New York. Tom from Susquehanna is from Bayville. Hmm. They're going to be so excited, my mom and my aunt. They don't meet too many people from Bayville either. Because another thing is everyone who grew up in Bayville, well, they always stay in Bayville. They always end up back in Bayville. It's a great, nice, small town. And you know, ride your bike wherever you got to go for the most part. I was lucky when I was living there, we were just over the line into Locust Valley, like the first little neighborhood there. So we were still only about, you know, a quarter mile from the beach. This is easily bikeable gets that nice little, I don't know, I'm describing a town that most people haven't seen. There's a nice little kind of boardwalky area. There's no boardwalk. There's a nice little strip of local restaurants. And there's an arcade. And I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Bayville Scream Park or the Bayville Adventure Park, but it's down there. Those are fun. I haven't been there in, I don't know, a decade? Easily? That was a good time. I wasn't expecting to... Get to talk to somebody from my hometown. I'm all excited now. We got to talk about Bayville. It's 11:21. You're listening to WMBF.
4: Join the camp.
3: WMBF.
1: 11:24 on WMBF. You're listening to hour number three of Binghamton Now with James Kelly. Filling in for Bob Joseph. We got open phone lines, 607-772-1290 if you want to call in. Taking any topic, anything, anything you want to talk about. Want to talk about the Binghamton area? That's great. Maybe New York State. Maybe something on the national level. Maybe you don't want to talk about news. Maybe you want to talk about baseball. I want to talk about baseball. I'm going to try to stop myself from going down that rabbit hole until somebody calls and says, James, I have a baseball question. Then it's over. That's going to be the rest of the show right there. Again, open phone lines, 607-772-1290. I'm 90% sure that's the correct phone number. No, it is. I know it is. Yeah, otherwise I'm going to start talking about baseball. And then it's over. The whole show is going to be over. It's going to be all baseball for the rest of the time. Talk about the Yankees, Mets, Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Getting excited for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies this year. I don't think they're going to be a particularly good team. Not at all. The Mets just don't have a lot of their prospects at the double-A level. A lot of their top prospects, especially now with Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez getting the move up to triple-A. They're both getting a little bit of MLB experience. They're not coming back to Binghamton. That's it for them. But I believe that shortstop Ronnie Mauricio is probably likely to start the season at double-A. An interesting player. There's a player come from, I'd say Javi Baez. Which is unbelievably athletic. Hits the ball really hard. Occasionally, doesn't have the best command of the strike zone. Well, is liable to swing outside the zone a little bit. But who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies this year. Maybe they'll win the league championship. Who knows? Eleven twenty-six on WMBF. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
15: Hi, James. It's John from Binghamton. I want to get you off baseball.
1: Get me off baseball. No baseball
15: allowed. Yeah, it's not time for the hot stovers.
1: Oh, no, the hot stove is always John. <laughs> yeah. I just had the Hall of Fame voting. Ever been to Cooperstown?
15: I've been to Cooperstown numerous times, but I uh, I uh, never never went to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, Cooperstown's well, a nice I, town. I, yeah, I I liked baseball when... Uh, you know i was 7 8 years old and uh, and of course it was vastly different then but i outgrew it and i i could never understand uh the fascination with it i can understand watching your kids play it but uh, i i could i could never under uh, in fact i think de niro had that movie the fan or whatever where he he dressed up in the warm up jacket you know so i i don't I, think i've seen I that, think one. that yeah, but uh, I I just I I can't understand the uh, the fascination with it except for gambling. I can understand people that gamble and, and want to watch the game, but uh, oh,
1: gambling on baseball is impossible. It's just it's too random of a sport.
15: Know, well, even
1: you, you know you play three game series against a team. If say it's the Yankees and the Detroit Tigers, like Detroit might win one of those games even if they shouldn't.
15: Well, the I was. I've only attended two uh, games. Uh, one was uh, Dodger Stadium when a friend of mine this is in uh, the 70s said, well, you got to go up to Dodger Stadium. And I said, why? And he was a big baseball guy from USC. And he said, well, you got to go see, uh, I think it was Nolan Ryan. I don't know who it was. He said, you got to see this guy pitch. He says, even if you don't like baseball, I said, okay, I'll go up. And then one day coming out of a 76ers game early i uh, i stumbled over to to see the uh, them play on that uh, carpet uh, the uh, the Philadelphia team I, I i i was impressed actually with the look of the late night game in person i uh, i don't think tv uh, did it justice so oh, yeah. i i was you know i was impressed with that but uh, uh you know it's,
1: yeah uh, you know my brother and I actually we took a trip to Fenway one time, and I can remember even the difference between Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium was that Fenway was like a movie atmosphere,
15: yeah
1: oh, some parks are like that, so you're a sixers fan
15: oh I was in the in the dr j daryl Dawkins day I was, you know like, oh, yeah, fact,
3: love that. again
15: yeah I mean the uh, the championship wasn't even. I think it was the 82 or 81 uh, championship. Uh, what well, wasn't even on TV. I mean, the sixth game, <laughs> it was on tape delay, so that's how. Uh, and it was more like the NBA in those days was more like uh, a jazz. You know, it had a limited following, very limited, you know, a quarter of a house, unless unless uh, the, the teams played uh, – uh, four, uh, four home and four away games. Uh, and unless it was a good away team coming in, uh, forget about it. I mean, uh, Buffalo Braves were drawing 800 people at the time. So it was, uh, and it was interesting because the commissioner of the NBA then was Larry O'Brien, who was the commissioner, former commissioner of the uh, post office. So <laughs> he did it. But, uh, Essentially, and and basketball was very big in the uh, Jerry West, uh, Walt Frazier days, and then within four or five years, uh, you know, it it completely fell apart. Uh, It was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird that the college game actually brought it back. But uh, I find for the most part – and I, I, I find it ridiculous that, that part of the appeal to basketball is it was played in, you know, uh, on the college level, five and 6,000 seat venues and maybe 12 at the most. Uh, but I, I, I think it's absurd to have these three-tiered uh, people gazing down at the floor. <laughs> floor I yeah, mean, I mean, if you've ever then, been to the Carrier Dome it, in, I, in I don't Syracuse... Get it. I, uh, I don't see you, you. pay big money to watch watch it on television, anyway. I, I really, I, I, uh, I, I that I don't understand.
1: Yeah, if you've ever been so. to the Carrier Dome in Syracuse, it's a lot like that because it's it's the football field, but they also use it for basketball. Like they bring a basketball court out there, but they don't put the basketball court in the middle of the football field. They put it off to one side. So for a big Syracuse game, people will buy tickets and you've got to watch the game through binoculars because you're sitting on the other side of the football field, but you're watching a game of basketball. Yeah.
15: yeah I, I think what happened to me and the reason that I'm disenchanted with a lot of these things is the people themselves, the, the quote-unquote stars of today, I find non-compelling. Uh, they're not very interesting people. They're not very charismatic uh, they're dullards, uh, you know. And that was the thing about sports and music, uh, the literary world, uh, the comedic world, all of the arts were populated by people uh, that, beyond their art, were interesting personalities. Now I I I, I don't don't see it. I mean, uh, 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 the whole uh, sophisticated. Aspect of life has uh, is, has is gone down the, you know. I mean, I mean, look, you went from Johnny Carson to Jim, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs>
3: uh,
15: you know, you, uh, you know, uh, you know. It's just it, it, these these people. They they. You know, it's, it's the whole Hollywood thing. I mean, <clears throat> at one time you had, uh, you know, real movie stars, Jack Lemon, You know, and people people are part of the scenery too. You know. And when you go someplace, when you go on vacation to a city, uh, the people are part of the scenery. And when people essentially all look the same with hoodies and tattoos, uh, spouting out, off the f-word, uh, that you, you might as well uh, stay home. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, society has disintegrated to the point where uh, it's it's really not interesting. Which uh, hopefully. And uh, Trump will regain the presidency. But keep in mind that locally we have the rhinos, and uh, they are going to do everything they can. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Republican Party, Barry Goldwater's work uh, set the stage for Nixon and Reagan. Ford ruined the party, but Reagan, Reagan corrected that in a hurry. And then the Bushes got a hold of the momentum, Reagan's momentum, completely destroyed it. People like McCain and Romney. uh, If it wasn't for Trump, the Republicans would have lost the three elections in a row. Trump has the following. People love the guy. And they love the guy because he doesn't put on airs. Uh, He is people-oriented, particularly to the little people. All these other politicians are uncomfortable. If, if, if somebody, if you came up and, and shook, uh, Kevin McCarthy's hand, he probably would think and tell him you're a Republican, he'd probably think you had the cooties. So, uh, this is the problem. These elites that think they're better than the rank and file, uh, boy. now Trump made big, big mistakes. Just Sessions was one of them. Uh, he thought that. Uh, Bill Barr was another one. He made big mistakes in the personnel area. And for a guy that is loyal, uh, it's interesting. He didn't cultivate loyalty. He brought in all these, uh, traitors. I mean, whether it was Scaramucci or that, uh, girl that was on the television show Amoroso, he gave people a, a big break to, to become something, uh, Kellyanne Conway, and they, they, they more or less all turned on him. But, but Trump is, the only politician we will ever have in our lifetime, and he's not a politician, only president we will ever have in our lifetime that truly represented uh, the, the best of America, the public interest. None of these other people uh, do that, uh, and, and, and they won't do it uh, because, again, they, I, I mean, you know, you look at the arrogance of Obama. And his wife—they never accomplished anything, even in their own field. I mean, they never accomplished anything within the law of note. Uh, tremendously arrogant people. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it is very sad. I hope Trump wins. Uh, I think you. I I, I I hope DeSantis doesn't fall for it and go in there because that's not going to work. And. Uh, I hope the Congress, but it doesn't look like the Congress is going to deliver, uh, you know, they've got this scattershot approach. They have to impeach Biden. That's job one. Forget about all these investigations. The impeachment hearing will take into account all these various treasonous acts of Biden and his family and get him out because uh, he needs to go. Uh, He's a danger if. If and again, we're at the we're at the precipice because of Biden's age, and Hunter's nightmare, and Biden's brother's nightmare has got to be: what if Joe has a stroke or dies without pardoning us? Uh, what would that look like? So we're on a very short fuse here, uh, and the United States is going to find out that it's not all that of a Christian. A country. You know, you'll hear this thing, it's a God-fearing country, it's a Christian country, you know. Uh, it's not. It's going to be destroyed by well, the it's It's not God supposed to stuff. be
1: a religious country. It's supposed to have religious liberties. It's not supposed to be religious. It just happened to be that the people who founded the country all fell under one religion, so it was heavy, heavily included in the Constitution.
15: Well, it it's... The, the Founding Fathers... Uh, most of them weren't really religious. Uh, what happened is, and I guess the the real point of my call, which I haven't mentioned yet, was we are not white. Uh, Jim, if your folks come from the Emerald Island and my folks come from Eastern Europe, we are not one. We are different. Uh, it is a racism to even create the category of white. Being white doesn't exist. Uh, African-American exists. The Miami newspaper, the Miami Herald, has 150 in their word processor, 150 uh, descriptions of black people, Haitian blacks, Jamaican blacks, 150 in Miami alone. So to lump people under a white brand uh, is, is ludicrous. We are not white. Uh, we can identify with our religion, in my case, traditional Roman Catholic. Uh, but we are not one. There is, there is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Italy and Norwegians, uh, uh, you know, if they're white, if they share a common bond, tell me what it is because there is no common bond. And yet we are lumped together by these racists as being white. And it's like lumping in all black people. It is a bad thing to do. It is a racist thing to do. And people need to stand up and shout it loud and proud that they are not white. Wave their ethnic heritage around. But don't call us white because there is no such thing.
1: I'll tell you what, we went on a journey there from baseball to get there. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in.
15: Well, we went around the uh, waterfront.
1: Yeah, well, a long journey, but a yeah. fun one. Yeah. All right, have a good day. Yep, thanks. Let's take another phone call. All right, WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from?
2: Uh, Martin from Binghamton.
1: Martin from Binghamton. How you doing?
14: Oh, all right, man. Hey, that's all right about talking about baseball. I mean, you know, I only have one picture of a baseball player over here, and it's Roger Maris over here, like John was talking about, you know, and he's eight or nine, but I remember growing up listening to the radio next door, the guy on the front porch, uh, Maris and Mano, you know, they got 28, they got 29, they got 36, they got 38, that that whole um, year of 61. You know, but uh, I got turned off to Steinbrenner in '84 when he cut the he cut the cord up here. '83 um, actually, he cut the cord up here, so we couldn't see baseball so, until. Uh, uh, June you know and so I said to hell with that I'm a Met fan anyway also so I jumped on that Met bandwagon but uh, when it comes to it on the sports they're all about baseball it's still the hardest thing in all the sports 100 oh, yes. mile an hour fastball or a 90 mile an hour curve coming at your head and then you duck away and look like a fool and it breaks over it's in the middle of the plate okay you know and it's like chess it's situational and, and it, then it gets exciting it's, it sets its sets it up, and then it it takes off from there, you know? So you have to be a little patient with it, you know? But all in all, it's still hardest. And they did a a study on why there was fewer black people playing baseball because um, they didn't want to get hurt. They didn't want to get hit by the ball. Because they wanted to play other sports, all so, which I understand, and plus there's a lot more to it. You know, you can't.
1: Yeah, uh, you I, I can one a- of the main causes, and something actually, CC Sabathia has taken a particular interest in, is just that you know baseball is such an expensive sport to play, and under the the current economic situation in the United States, it's yeah, just I, it I, is what it is, and baseball is expensive.
14: Yeah. And you could take a basketball down to the court by yourself and play and shoot in practice. Or you could even yeah, take soccer, football, football
1: so that. basketball. You need two people. Yeah. That's it.
14: Yeah. Right. You know, but um, anyway, that's not what I call it. I call it about the um, talking about <laughs> wanting Trump to come back again. I mean, you know, I mean, and uh, they're already talking about who's going to be his running mate. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, Are you kidding me? Wow. And, and and Matt Gates. This is the party. They have, uh, I just Googled that. There's over 170 election deniers. And Trump being the greatest president? What about January 6th? What about yeah. January 6th? And this, you know, and talking about uh, that girl, talk, called, the woman called you a whiner? Talking about, there there wasn't, they weren't floating a balloon with diapers on, on Trump over in England for nothing. You know, talk about a whiner and this this is what led to january sixth is is that you know there's never been a person that um denied the election the transfer of election and you know people did die people got hurt and traumatized and it's all because of that little whiny what Bill Maher would call a little whiny bee you know and which he is and, and he and he and he's talking about uh that o- Obama and um his wife. They never did anything, and they have no class. Give me a break, will you, please? Um, my God! And you know, I lost this thing. You know, Stormy Daniels has a new show, and and these guys are talking about Christians. He 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 did nothing but bamboozle all you Christians. Oh my God! How's how's this? Is it a Christian when you got your four year, four four day old son at home and you're off having unprotected sex with a corn star that's a christian value oh my god please yeah and uh you, and, and and you know the Central Park Five and everything on and on and it's like you can't make this stuff. I was reading yesterday's paper right here it says Trump Nichols beating horrible and um, and it came on about a little clip about Desantis and he was talking. He said about Desantis you can't rewrite history. He's talking about uh, the school and books and stuff. But yet, like it says right here, you know, um, you know, Trump has a history of encouraging and. rough treatment of people in police custody and which he was you know beat the hell out of him punch him back in my day you think trump was up there punching people you kidding me he was back there you know And, and let me i don't have the time today but you're not from here but i know what it's like I was beaten horribly by the Binghamton police, and and six six of my other friends. This I'll get into this some other time. There was four whites and three blacks, and it was a. I was greeted with kicks and billy clubs to the groin. I was a buffalo below the the waist, and I know what it's like to get beaten for nothing. I mean, you know. Um, just for asking a question, they, they started in on my friends. I really didn't want to get off on that subject, but it just, I'm infuriated, um, about that, that triggered when I saw that beating and uh, because that's what happened to me and my other friends and we're young, 21 years old. And then to be saddled with all these charges that, that really hurt my life. And, um, it was carried in the papers throughout a week. And then I lost my job. And on a, uh, the case ended on a Friday, and was uh found guilty and on monday i was let go of my job and i was it was just disgusting but i know the point is i'll get into it some other time yeah it's a rough situation it, it was horrible and there was blacks and there were whites and um we were all from the first ward and we were on our way back home and just something had happened. Um, and I'll make it, I'll make it real quick. Is it What happened is that across from the post office, the ladies in the night used to hang out there. Across from the forum, there was a bar. And my friends, one of my friends was going out. Um, his daughter was uh, dating a, a black guy, and they were having a little trouble. So they went over there, and they were talking to him, and then they left. When they were getting ready to leave, the ladies in the night had robbed a guy, and that um they come running up to the car and they changed the story said they were getting uh chased and robbed and so he got the license plate and so when they took off um, the he got the license plate and gave them to the police well they went back there later and we had a couple of drinks and i was we were double dating and so they pulled the car over because of the license plate of course and then they just started in their inquiring No, my now my friends they didn't know and i didn't know we're standing behind them and then my friends in his dress whites we're ready to go take him back to the bus station at three o'clock. And then, you know, we're observing from the car. And next thing you know, they start beating on my friend, you know, pushing him around, hitting him, throw him on the ground. And other people get out of the car. What's going on? And then it just ensued. And I got out. I asked you a question. What are you doing? to this? What are you guys in his dress whites? What the hell's going on, man? And boom, 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 boom. And that quick. And. It was horrible and we lost a case and they stayed there for seven years how come why was that why was that and when i go up before the judge i went to california i come back they pick me up i go down and who was the judge my former lawyer who was a public defender who defended about four of us and and it's like hey you know, you want me to plead guilty of this. I mean, you know, we all we cried together after that, after we lost that case, because we caught them in so many lies. They said, um, who put CD, other are his initials, he was a mild mannered little black guy. He looked like Sammy Davis Jr. And we caught him in so many lies. Oh, officer one, put him in. Officer two, put him in. Officer three, put him in. Well, you know who put him in the police car? Himself. He was, you didn't want to get, he was scared to death. He didn't want to get beat. So and I got off the track there because there's a lot more to it. But anyway, the judge asked me, well, what do you think is fair? You know, and I ended up paying like $125 fine, you know, so, but that was on my record for Christ's sakes and my other friends. So I know what it's like to get beat and other people were saying, oh yeah, you, you don't fight back. Bullshit. I'm uh, BS. You know, when, when you get hit, you're hurting.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a scary situation, yeah. for sure.
14: I mean, it's, like, it's just, it's just you know, it's fight or flight, you know. I mean, um, two guys took off. They ran because they didn't want to get hurt. And there's an unwritten code. And one of the police officers, matter of fact, I think it was John Miller of CNN, um, was was saying how that it's an unwritten code that when you run, you're getting beat. You're getting beat. You're taking off. and But that just triggered all this. And I'm um, second cup of coffee here, but it's like if people don't know that, you know, it's primal. You're, you're getting the, uh, the S kicked out of you, man. You know, you're just I'm just putting up my arms and they grabbed me by my juke row uh, and dragged across the street and beaten with the baton. You know, it was horrifying and had plenty of pictures. And why did it take seven years to get um, sentenced? You know, because they knew, and it was, uh, and there was a plethora of those beatings that was happening in the early seventies around here, and I was one of them. And it's 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 just disgusting when and what happened to um, that poor guy getting getting beat like that.
1: So yeah, you know, I actually yesterday we were talking about Hamel Wada, and I actually I went back and I rewatched the video again. And yeah, to to respond to the caller when we were talking about it yesterday, the knee was definitely on the neck. It wasn't on the back of the shoulders. It was 100 percent on the neck and it looked pretty deliberate in a way just from the angle it was shot at. I don't know if the police officer was trying to put it on his back and missed. I don't know what it was, but it was definitely on his neck.
3: Yeah,
14: well, you know, it's. I looked at it. There was a chart. There was a stand-up comedian that has a show on every Friday night, and he's very fair and balanced. And they showed a chart of the training. And at the bottom, uh, the psychological aspect of it, the um, testing and everything else, is about 7 8% is all. I mean, you know, they have to be have their head on straight and uh, have some morals about them. You know, this is a systemic thing. So, it hasn't. This is my case is forty nine years old, almost fifty years old, and it's, it's still going on. And I was with blacks and whites, and um, it's just a horrible thing. You know, when when you're when you're handcuffed and you're getting hit like that, man. I'm telling you, it's amazing I had children. It really is.
1: Yeah. And so. Well, Martin, thanks for calling in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yeah. Join Mark. This is News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM. W221 EJ Binghamton. A Town Square media station.
1: 1154 on WMBF, closing in on the end of the show, and we got DJ. How's it going, DJ? Hey,
9: pretty good. Let me get you speaker here for a second. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all good. Well, we went from Willie Mays to uh, Polycarp. <laughs> I was.
1: I have to say, I was shocked at the direction what? that the call took. And I appreciate it. You know, that was like a 10-minute call. That was great. But I was shocked when the call went in that direction.
9: <laughs> I got to get away from this. music. Yeah, you know, I, I just called to, to shed light um, on things. Um, so John mentioned Catholicism, which is poly, also called Polycarpism, because Polycarp took the three-faced god of the Wiccans and made, brought that into the church and it creeped into the assemblies of God and even some other evangelical church. Polycarp was a Catholic bishop. He was a, he was a, quite a weirdo and he took the three-faced God from the wicked earth worshipers and made, now we have three personalities and all that, but God is one, Deuteronomy six, four, here, Israel, the Lord, that God is one. But I want to say to you, James, because you made a comment and it's cool. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. If you look on your money, it says in God, we trust when our little lambs put their hands on their hearts in the morning, they say, one nation under God, republic, because this is we live in a republic. Some of us Republican. I know people say we live in a democracy, and uh, religion is different from Christianity. But I just wanted to say that Catholic polycarpism crept into crept into the church, and a, a lot of us don't believe that. We believe in one God, that Jesus functioned as a Father in heaven, Son on Earth, Spirit now He speaks to us.
1: Oh yeah, and, I, I went to Catholic school. I know all that, but you don't know about polycarp. No, no, that's news to me. That's new information.
9: The word poly means many, and the word carp is the fish you don't want to catch. Everybody throws back the carp. So he was this guy, this Catholic bishop, and him and another man, I think Ignatius, brought into the church uh, this three-faced God, which if you you Google or YouTube the three-faced God, there was many of them, and there were three-faced goddesses, too, and it was God with three faces. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that's not what true Christians worship. True Christians worship one God who has one face, one personality. Like I'm my mother's son, that's one. I'm my baby's father, that's two. But I'm also a spirit washing the blood. So I'm one man, but I have three functions. So God has three fun- Jesus has three functions. He functions as the Father, King, and that's not the same as the polycarp uh, trinity. It's different. It's called oneness. So I just want to say that, but hey i like to talk with you because you make things light. Willie Mays, who did he play for in 1974? Where did he come from, bro?
1: Oh, picking out a direct year on
9: me. <laughs> That's oh. okay. No, I, I, kn- I mean, I, I know the Giants, him. of course. Yeah, he came for the Giants. He played for the... I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the Mets, Tom was Siever? it? Yeah, Tom Seaver was off that day. Oh. And my brother-in-law drove us, me and my brother Jerry... My dad was Jerry the Barber, but my brother was named after him, Jerry, and my sister Patty. We all drove down to Shea Stadium. Tickets were $3.50. And this guy named Willie Mays just got transferred. This was last year playing from the, uh, from the Giants. And I had to say hey, Willie Mays triangular banner that they used to have. Oh yeah. Tommy yeah. Agee was there. I love Tommy Agee. Cleon Jones. Yeah, he's a I have he's a Tim Tebow card. Yeah, Tim Tebow was a Met too. Yeah, he
1: was with the Rumble ponies. I know. My brother was actually here at Binghamton University when he was playing with the Rumble ponies. And I I have to say, you know, as a longstanding baseball person and uh, working in baseball media for as many years, I hated Tim Tebow being on the Rumble ponies. He wasn't
9: good enough. It was all, you know. Wait a minute. Wait. His first, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, maybe not. But his first up the bat was a home run, and all the Yankee fans walked out. They went to see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My brother. Yeah, they went to see him strike out, and he hit a home run, and a lot of them walked
1: away. Yeah, the, the way I look at it, though, is Tim Tebow was, you know, he was the football guy who was pretty good at baseball. He played baseball at the college level. He was good at baseball. But, you know, you didn't tell me there was no better prospect to put sure. into that spot. He took an opportunity from somebody else who was an outfielder. That, that didn't sit right with me. Uh, but I know it, it was a draw for the Binghamton community to see Tim Tebow play minor league baseball.
9: Yeah, do you know why he got fired by that Rex guy? No. When he was a a New York Jet. Because when he was a New York Jet and he scored and a touchdown was scored with him at the helm, he bowed his knee to Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I knew he did that. Rex hated that. People hated that. Oh, he's religious. He's not religious. He's a born-again Christian.
1: Yeah. Well, DJ, we're closing up the show here. We got five seconds to go, so thanks for calling.
9: No, hey, God bless you, man. Have a good one.